What's up, all you beautiful people? We got another episode of The Strange Road. I'm your host, Mikey, and of course, as always, riding shotgun. Bub, Bub, how you doing tonight? Good. Real good. And tonight, we have Stoner the Loner in Master Control, holding it down, making everything look and sound dope as usual. He's, He's killing it. He was a loner boy, but he was still a stoner boy. He's still a stoner boy. And as always, big shout out to all you guys in the chat hanging out with us. You guys are the best. Uh, Don't forget about the Strange Road merch portal. That's www.thestrangeroadmerch.com. Go check that out. You can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at The Strange Road. Check out the Facebook group, Strange Road Hitchhikers. And here on YouTube, all these live streams and premieres are always ad-free. Great way to support the show is with those super stickers and super chats. Please share, like, subscribe. you got to hit that notification bell for all the live streams and premieres and shorts and all the stuff we're putting out. And if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you're listening, please give us a five-star review. Hey, we've been calling it calling out for your help, and you have responded. We so appreciate it. Everybody that's rating and leaving positive feedback, we appreciate the hell out of all you guys. Um, and uh, please go follow Necromechanimal on Instagram. He's making dope artwork for our show um, for, for months now, and we appreciate everything he does. Yeah. And, uh, you know, tonight... Might as well hop right into it because we got a great guest. I think so. Um, you know, been kind of following this this gentleman on Instagram a little bit in the last year or so, and uh, we've got you know a lot to talk about. And I'm ready. Had a great it. pre-conversation, so we're, yeah. we're super super stoked. So our guest tonight is author, researcher, consciousness explorer, and the host of Expanding Reality podcast. Please welcome Brandon Thomas. Brandon, what's happening, dude? How are you? Hey, brother, doing well. Thank awesome. you so much. This is incredible. You guys run an amazing show. Shout out, Stoner. Bub, you're amazing. I love you all. Thank you. He's great, isn't he? I mean, he was ironing out stuff, you know, right before the episode. Just we're dialing it in and buttoning it up. And, oh, crushing it. Yeah. He's the wizard. Dead on the fly, troubleshooting, dude, that make your face turn red. Your guess is, the, I mean, everything's, and he crushed it with smooth confidence, by the way. I can't emphasize oh, yeah. how, like, easy that that process was and nailed it. Yeah. Good, good, Shout good. Out. Yeah. We're, we've uh, done a lot of live events and so forth. So it's always that like two, three big problems that happen 15 minutes before, right. you know, the cameras are going live and it's like, Oh God, somehow stoner always figures it out every single time. Right. There's never been a time where we went live and something major was, was wrong. Yeah. Always figures it out. I feel like you could wake him up from a dead sleep and hand him a Rubik's cube and he'd solve it <laughs> nonchalantly and just, here you go. You know, I mean, it's so oh, funny you all said that. I figured out how to solve it. Oh, there you go. Uh, two years ago, yeah. my dad dared us all that we couldn't do it. That's so funny. And I oh, think chaos, by the way. I've never, I'll be honest, um, I've never awesome. solved one in my life. They are challenging to me and I have ADD and I'm not sure I could sit down and put enough time and effort into it, it. But what I did, what I did was I found a video online. It was seven steps and I just did that one method. That's it. And I memorized the steps. I like wrote them all down. I had it color coded which way to turn and I just memorized the piss out of it. And I wouldn't move on until I nailed that step. And I finally did it. What's worse is so oh, shit. My cousin died of cancer uh, like two years ago oh. Oh, and I had been working on, thank you. I'd been working yeah. on this Rubik's cube for months and she dies. Uh, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, like three or four months after I'd handed it. And so I'm working on it in her old bedroom right before we go put her in the ground. There's family everywhere. We're in Kansas. It's it's so many fucking people. It was a small town and everybody knew everybody. My um, 
cousins, the mayor, shit like that. Her brother's the mayor, shit like that. So um, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm doing the thing or whatever. It's silent in this house because everybody's wearing black. We're all sad. I fucking get it. I lock in my final tile and I've wow. never done it. And I immediately just go, fuck you! Celebrating like crazy. And everybody's just like, oh my God, what the hell was going on? And I was like, my bad. You know, I I can't read the room here, but man, I'm very proud of my triumph. And so now I can just, you know, whip it. It's Uh it's not a like fast thing like that movie where those kids are like, suck it. And they're like doing five at a time. Speed racing. Nothing like that. It's just, I wanted to solve it because my dad said, I'll give 50 bucks to anybody who can. Like a smart ass gave everybody one. No one did it but me. And I'm honestly grateful for the for the thing. It it like I said, you should get a seven step video on YouTube. It's nothing. Focus on. It's honestly more of a testament of focus. Just do the shit out of that one step. Build on that. Do the shit yeah. out of that. Build on that. You'll do. You can do it. I I believe in you. hundred percent. I'm down. You got me. I'm not going for the like <sighs> massive. You know, dodecahedron Ru- Rubik's cube. No, I'll no, go no, for no. the standard. You know, what is it? Three by three. S- s- uh, yeah, Matrix? three by three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And just I think I can handle work that. with that for a little bit. All right. Yeah. And then just figure it out, cross it off a list in your mind and move on. Love it. Give it a shot. All right. Well, you got the singing, the singing balls in your, uh, I got those too. Your yeah. office. You're yep. getting pretty good with those. Yep. You could do. Rooms. Oh, I remember 1997. Yeah. Where the fuck right. did you get singing right. balls? From 1997. Oh, from in the antique store. store. <laughs> no antique store. I love antiquing. <laughs> I love to find old oh. weird stuff in antique stores that I'm like, oh, I could still use this. Like those are interesting. Those they are like, are. you know, and you look on the bottom and says Spencer's, you know, that's oh, awesome. <laughs> it yeah, probably exactly. does on the set that I have. Oh man. I don't even that's remember. Amazing. The, yeah. Yeah. Cause you can't make them touch. Right. Uh, that's like the thing is you don't want to clack it together. Mm-hmm. And yep. so you want to spin it in a fluid motion. Yep. Um, they start yeah. resonating. Also, that's what you're supposed to do. It's supposed to start harmonizing those bells as inside. they move fast yeah. enough. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, speaking you know, of harmonizing, some, but I dropped them. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I drop oh. them all the time. Yeah. They, right. You got some good ones. You probably got some real ones then. I might. I don't know. But Brandon, tell us a little bit about yourself. When did you start the show? When did you start, you know, uh, writing books and, and your journals? This journal is really fascinating, which caught my eye on Instagram. So, um, you know, a lot of the podcasters and people that we kind of network with all follow you and we've been following you for a while checking out your stuff and the journal and some of those things really caught my eye you know it's very unique what what you have going on so just tell us a little bit about yourself and and expanding reality yeah i'd love to and again thanks so much for having me on guys you're amazing you treat your guests so well just so that the audience knows behind the scenes they're not like dickheads and then we go live and they're like hey Uh, it's been an amazing time getting to hang out with you guys honestly so thank you much love much love oh yes same same it's all love other side of the coin as well fuck yeah and stoner shout out um and (laughs) you know it's um been a fascinating ride guys it's been three years um uh, it'll be three years in january since i released this show with the first episode at first, it uh, I had a podcast with my wife and a couple of friends before this. And we made it about 50 episodes in. It's completely scrubbed. You will not find it. Called The Up and Atom Experiment. I uh, made music for the thing because I'm a musician, as you can see by the guitar. That is a not a just a piece of art. I use the shit out of it. Um, took me to China. I was a touring musician for 12 years, all that kind of stuff. And so um, through... 
all of that. Um, we had this amazing show. I had this, uh, you know, music thing that I would do with it. I made a song about 5G and I had this persona named DJ Frontbutt. And I just made all these crazy songs and music for it and everything. And um, it was a blast. And then after uh, 2020 hit or whatever, everything just, you know, stopped. Yeah. And so people um, stopped coming over to the house. We stopped doing it. And it was a cool concept. It was like an atheist, a Christian, and my wife and I, which were neither. We're whatever the fuck. And so what I did, though, was about a few months into that show, unbeknownst to everybody else, I started creating a list. And that list had authors, researchers. I'm a huge Coast to Coast fan. Like one oh, of my yeah. big goals is to be a guest host on Coast to Coast. Mm-hmm. Great show. Um, and so, I know. And so um, my wife and I actually, that's a foundation of our relationship. We've been married uh, nine and a half years. We've been together 13. And early on, we would make these five and a half hour drives to Houston. And in that time, I'd put on Coast to Coast and she fell in love. And so it's like all it's it's real nostalgic for us on deep levels. So um, from there, I had a bunch of these authors and researchers on a list in a green notebook. And so when 2020 hit, I you know invited everybody back. I was already ready to rebrand the show and do all that stuff, and I'm ready to chop into this list of people I had on to really follow the interest. I considered our first go at this our first go, and that now we were going to naturally evolve into something dope and awesome, right? Um, nobody else came back, which was perfect. That's fine. Like no hard feelings. Everything's awesome. As I was untethered, I moved into only what I wanted to talk about, which is anything I've had the most amazing scope of guests on any, anywhere from uh, somebody who channels Steve jobs to Neil Donald Walsh, the author of conversations with God to Tommy Chong to, um, you know, um, God, uh, Jordan Maxwell. I, I had him on, um, he passed away one month to the day after we recorded our episode. Like, these crazy opportunities to get just the most amazing conversations in. And it all started from COVID. So thank you. Uh, When I transitioned, I started with a couple of those names on the list, which led me to more, which then I was getting emails from people, which I had on the list that I didn't even think about. I'm like, now this person wants to be on my show. And they were on a list that I made to get them right. And so it evolved into this incredible thing. And and I was very particular about the name. I, I went through it a lot. And I was like, well, it's not expand dead. It's because that's finite, right? It's expanding. Mm-hmm. I wanted the verb because it's more accurate uh, to where I'm at, which is moving kinetic, right? Um, so that has led to just release my 240th episode. There's wow. probably like 40 something episodes of um, extra bonus content out there and lives. I've been a guest on, I don't know how many show over, I don't know. It, it, and I'm always grateful. Like, this is incredible. I love hanging out with folks because I don't talk about me on my show. And so mm-hmm. it's funny you ask about the journals, which I'll let you know about, but my audience doesn't even know about these. You know, I haven't advertised them. I've got five in publication in two different formats, uh, paperback and um, hardback. And I haven't said shit about them. I worked my ass off on them. There are hundreds of hours in these things because I hand drew them on an architecture table. I've uh, architecture background. That's what I got my letter jacket for in high school. Um, I played sports outside of high school, got my letter jacket for architecture, fucking weird like that. And <laughs> so amazing. it turned out later that it turned into a really cool skill. And I took a journaling practice that I hand drew every morning with just a little ruler and creating it itself was a meditation for me every morning to just clear shit out. And it really started as a commitment to myself not to pick up my phone first thing. And I was like, nope, don't do it. Especially with a show, you feel like, oh, I've got this responsibility. Yep. God, I, when you guys get, and you're probably there, but when you get to that point where you don't give a shit, you don't read comments, you don't care, you don't look at numbers, any of that shit, and that's, you know, things just work. <laughs> it's such a flow, and it's a nice, easy, right? And so with that, um, I had this journaling process, and it had these components, and I was tracking my moon, my reading practice. 
Um, and because I'm a reader, you know, I'm a publisher, so I love books. I'm a book nerd. And um, then I would, uh, like, just my day and gratitude. I had four questions I asked myself every day, this daily design thing. So instead of drawing it every morning, and my wife loved the concept, um, I was like, well, if I just make one, then I can just publish it through Amazon, like a low content book, whatever. And then I can just use it myself, which is honestly what all of these journals are for. I use them. Mm. Uh, they just, I just happen to put them out for you. And so, um, and this is no sort of like guru, nothing like that. Cause I'm not fucking that at all. I'm actually very, very anti that. I'm, you are the sovereign steerer of your ship. But what I will say that these offer and why I created them and why I found them so beneficial is cause in my darkest shit, what I realized was is all the distractions out there and all the nonsense fucking going on um, was taking me away and pulling my attention out like dangling keys. And I started to look at this realm, whatever this is, um, as an energetic louche farm, really, that everything out here was attempting to grab my attention just as a look at me, look at me. The more fear I could give it, the greater attention I would offer it, right? So all of these things I noticed, and it it took away this inner search. When I was really deep into the New Age thing, which I'm absolutely not anymore, uh, we can absolutely talk about that if you'd like, because I'm right on the other side of that, and <laughs> a lot of things to say. And um, the that balls-deep introspection is what I needed for me. And really, like I said, it was just to get me off of my damn phone in the morning. I committed myself to a reading practice, to doing... My age in push-ups, sit-ups, and lunges every day, no matter what I'm doing, my age in that. And then I wanted a way to keep track of that, right? So I would fill in three little circles if I did all three of those and then keep a running total. And if that number dropped to one again, I felt like a fucking turd, man. And so you can't do 40 push-ups in a day. You can't find 10 here, 10 here, 10, right? And so it became this committed practice to where you start keeping promises to yourself, which is really mm. the foundation to all of this shit. And it sounds simple doing your age and push-ups every day, but some days it fucking wasn't, dude. And there were days I'd get to the end of the fucking day and be like, uh, I didn't do my push-ups, you know, and <laughs> I, I would do them, you know, or I wouldn't yeah. and it'd reset to one and I would, I would feel the way I felt about it. So the journals, um, came about really, like I said, to do that. But while I was publishing them anyway, I went ahead and decided that I would go all out. I had somebody guest on the cover. I made a call to Janine Burgess. Uh, she's incredible. Uh, and she does these amazing, wow. um, yeah. animal, um, she does some that are really anatomic and I actually ordered prints from her. They're all over the place, but, uh, not in this shot. So I ordered prints from her. And so I said, Hey, look, I was going to do this blank cover with this thing. And I have this whole idea for how it wraps around and meets with the publishing thing and everything, <clears throat> excuse me. But I would like to use one of your pieces, if you don't mind, rather than something Canva or it being black. And she said, you can, I would love to contribute, but you, I would like to do something original for you. And I was wow. blown away by this and she's wow. just incredible. And so she has the original print of this and she's selling prints. She has stickers, uh, all of that kind of stuff. And so she did this just for this journal. That's cool. And she hand did all this shit. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. beautiful. So yeah, not only that, nice. but we feature a lot of community members in here up top. Um, and then, like I said, I don't have any graphics to show you guys, but actually you can go through an online. Uh, Amazon is the only place this is right now, but we did purchase our own ISBNs for you book nerds out there. So we are going wide. It's just right now that's where it's located. All of the border stuff, like I said, I drew. And then I got um, like this is the orchestration page, obviously, like what what it's all about. And then we have some quotes uh, from some people throughout the community that I work with, I've had on the show, dear friends of mine, inspires, mentors, anything like that. And you get to go through here and be inspired um, before you drop into your daily practice. Cool. A uh, little publication page, shout outs, all that stuff. That's really neat. And yeah. 
then it's got an intended experience. So this is how the journal was set up and intended to be used. And again, I drew all of that and then just inserted the words and shit. And obviously the ninja I did not draw, but the thought ninja <laughs> concept is fascinating. We can talk about that. Oh um, my goodness. But this is again, uh, the intended experience only. You can use this however the hell you want. And we'll get to that in a minute, but this shows you the 10 main points, um, such as uh, I'll go through a bigger version of that. But the other thing to this would be your nodes section. You will look at throughout this thing, <clears throat> excuse me again, uh, throughout that thing, it has got little dots, little nodes, these little sections and stuff all over, little constellations, as I call it over here. There's three little constellations wrapped up into this thing. And what that does is that it offers you the opportunity to personalize the journal well beyond anything I could ever offer you. Now, so um, there is a sample sample page. Thank you. There's a sample page, which is what this is. Uh, and I actually had a sample one filled out so that you guys can see it. And we'll do that now. Thanks again for letting me show this off. I've, I have oh, yeah. yeah, my it's own show. Like super I said, interesting. This is the only place I've, I've gotten a chance to really break these down, to be honest with you. Um, so uh, what those are called is nodes, okay? And that what I just showed you is a sample at the beginning of the thing. It's just suggestions. So it has like you know, uh, things you want to fulfill in your life, like a new partner, adventurous travel, financial independence, a mermaid sighting, or the fly, Firefly reboot. Did you guys ever watch Firefly? <laughs> yeah. With Nathan Fillion, right? I don't know if I did. Did you? Oh. Yeah. Pass this on to your boy, Mikey. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Kyle, you're welcome, Stoner. Okay. So um, wow. they made a movie called Serenity as well, which is really cool. So this is a filled out sample node that you can use. Now, I, I just do this for me, but you guys do whatever you want. I'm colorful as shit when I do my journal. In fact, the outside ring, which you'll see in a minute, I've got a sample daily. Um, I fill in. I actually color this in as a meditation practice. People love it. You go all the way around it. By the time you get through, you're not upset at anything. Your boss doesn't suck anymore and whatever. So um, this is just, like I said, example. So Let's say, for instance, over here, these nodes here and here, I will put the high temperature for the day and then the low temperature for the day. And then it's got just little things in here. If it was sunny, if it was snowy, if it was ominous, if there were chemtrails, uh, if the <laughs> uh, snow, rain, um, and that's in the sample stuff too. Um, then you have things like your, um, oh, okay, here we go. Set the tone. There's a page up front called set the tone, and it's all the things that I did to change me in the morning. Um, it is no water before cafe, uh, water before caffeine, rather uh, a walk in nature. It is my commitment, my physical commitment, my age and pushups, which is located right here for me. I do, you know, sit ups, pushups, squats, right. And that um, then we get back to journaling. Um, like I said, walk in nature, uh, all of the things that I'm committed to do and then a running total. And if I do it, I run that total. It's got an energy tracker. What's my mood when I wake up in the morning? Right here. How much energy do I have? It's right here. Hmm. Moon tracker right here. So I wow. noticed that my moon is, um, my new moon fucks with me. And so mm -hmm. I don't track the moon because it's probably just a fake luminary in the sky and any theory that I've heard about the we moon presupposes it's a place you can go, but we can absolutely talk about that. Oh boy. <laughs> so, uh, new moons fuck with me, but I like to track moons. So you've got a moon counter. You can actually note here how intense it is. You can say if it's full moon or whatever, how many days to the next cycle, new, you know, first quarter, whatever. And then what that cycle is your reading practice. You've got like, you know, um, what you're reading chapter to the page and then from the page, whatever. So there's all of these little things where you can customize and personalize it for yourself. Then you have um, on the other side here, the constellation. So this is where you'll put like your uh, day, month, um, 
and year and all that stuff and that constellation there. And then it's got a couple of other things like an intimacy, intimacy tracker. So if you want to track how much you bang or whack off, there it is. You know, you've got your amount of, uh, you've got a, see there? You've got your intimacy tracker in purple, the amount 69. of your partner. I love it. Yeah. And then, you know, if you have a partner, you note that there in that bubble and then maybe hand solo, you note it in the other hand one. Solo, then you have solo. a body, uh, body, mind and soul tracker. But again, this is all personalizable, whatever you want. Um, I use this side for a thought ninja. So uh, here's where I'm releasing all the shit I want to get rid of. Here's where I'm bringing in all the shit I want. This is where my goals are. This is where my updates are. If Mercury's in retrograde, whatever. Um, all of those kind of things. And so, again, it's incredibly personalizable. And that was the whole point, because uh, that's how I do it myself. And then this would be one that's filled out, you know, looks like uh, for a day, let's say. Yeah. I start with the moon, and then we go down to um, the daily design. I ask myself four questions every day. Um, who do I want to be today? How do I want to feel today? Um, what do I choose to give today? And what do I choose to receive today? Then we do a mantra, whatever you want. You know, I'm fucking Batman, whatever you want. Um, then gratitude, everything about that. Then reading, all your reading practice. Again, these are for whatever. Uh, these mean something to you and no one else. But there are keys in the back where you fill your own in, which is what you just saw. Uh, and there's three, by the way, so you can change your mind if you want throughout the year. So then you move over to your now and noteworthy, you know, anything you got going on, conversation with self, your day, anything you're releasing, anything you're attracting, and then your goals. And if you're doing all this shit, maybe this right here is your how many days off porn. And you check that little box and you write that number in there. And when that goes down to one, maybe you feel like a turd. Uh, maybe this little thing down here is how many days you've not been drinking. And maybe you check that little box right there, that little note, and you write a little number there. No one knows what that means but you. So the whole thing about this is it's, like I said, completely customizable to you. And this is just volume one. I uh, recently had a guest on named Tom Sherman who had a new calendar, which is fucking fascinating, by the way. This means so much more than just a calendar. Uh, it's, it's incredible. He figured out this code, and it's mathematical, and it's beautiful and harmonious. He added a fifth season, which actually balances this out. Uh, he and I are actually partnering. I designed his calendar in that style for the bottom of it, and then we're doing a daily with that. And my second volume will include a spot for you to be able to track time the way his calendar presents it in that as well. So we're already moving on to volume two with this. This is volume one. And um, yeah, so that's the beginning. And that's just the mindful expansion one. Do you guys have any questions? Before Very so cool. rad, man. Else? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I've got plenty. that's like the ultimate way to hold yourself accountable. I like that when it goes to one, then you just, like you said, you feel like shit, like, man, right there it is on paper. Why I could have prevented that from going to one. I could well, that's kept the going. Other, that's the other thing too. Because you, you know, you give up things. You're like, oh, I didn't do that today. But there's nothing in front of you to to be like, come on, bro. You know what I mean? Never know. It's your accountability buddy, which is yourself. Yeah, it's you keeping promises with you, and yeah. that's what this is. If I you feel want like real change. That's how you have to. Do I feel it. like when I was looking at it, it, almost felt like looking at like a circuitry board. Yeah, like how to wire yourself yep. and how to program yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'm totally with that because I, I you know, biohacking. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. just mentally yeah. hacking your own thoughts. I mean, but I thought about Bub actually when I saw it. I was like, because oh, Bub used, to, Bub used like to be a, a maniac with uh, when you were doing your like coloring, all your uh, <laughs> psychedelic coloring. I have a lot of artwork like, that I've done by hand. Yeah, you did know. a lot of whittling, uh, well, a lot of coloring, a lot of artwork, a lot of journaling. Yeah. Um, then let's. Yeah, the I books were really cool. I mean, I was I was totally picking up on what you were doing with that, and the yeah. you know, 
But it is because if you can put it in front of yourself, I mean, let's look at it this way, right? Like a uh, number of days since an accident on the job site, right? Like right. you go to a construction right. site or, you know, number of days since we dropped a plate and broke a dish in the kitchen yep. at, the, at the restaurant. Yep. That they're doing the same. It builds, you know, we want to, we want to see the record keep going. We want to, you know, and it does hold us accountable if you're putting it into that It'd light It'd be interesting too. to use that just for the show. Like I'd like to use one for myself. Oh, for the podcast. But use yeah. it for like the podcast yeah. instead of looking at download numbers and views and all that shit. You know, we're, we're focused on this kind of greater picture of really like Bowser always talks the to us about. The field of dreams, if you build it, they will come type deal. Stop Don't, looking yeah. at all this other shit that doesn't matter. Sure. Let's keep in focus of why you started the show. What is your, you know, what fires you up about doing conversations it. like this. Yes, exactly. Your, your goals, right? So you yeah. track your show goals. So you have all of that. Now what's cool about this too, is at the very end, there is additional pages. So not only do you have node keys, which is what I would call this, you can go in here and fill these in and assign them to be whatever you want. Yeah. And there's two of them. So you, again, you can change your mind. After that, there's 20 sample pages of just a journal. You can have your you know, time, date, any of that kind of stuff, simple nodes, anything you want at top, bottom, however you want to delineate it, and then fuller sheets. So let's say over here on this day, something fucked up happened or something amazing happened, and you don't have enough room for your little conversation with self, your bullet points, and you want to expand on that. Cool. Flip it to the back. Correlate the day with the same exact day as you use. Maybe right. even color this outside in the same color and continue on. Now, what's even cooler with that is... We did a whole journal with just those pages. So, and again, I hand drew all of these. Um, so we have an entire journal, which is called IE, and I'll get into the names because this is ME, Mindful Expansion, okay? So the ME is there for a reason. This whole series is called the Expansion Series. This particular one, the first book, your morning, the morning one, uh, you can do it anytime you want, but I designed it to go in the morning. Uh, is mindful expansion. So that's M-E. So every day you work on me, right? So the whole reason for the abbreviations is to delineate the series and then you're being me, right? You, you're telling, saying this to yourself when you see it, you're being me. So you're working on me every time you pick that up. Now to that as well, because it's the expansion series, the pages in the back of this, if you just love that format, you're like, dude, I'd like a whole book like that. Fucking got you covered, bro. We had uh, Ashley Rose did the uh, cover art for this one, and we actually have two versions of this. We have volume one and volume two, um, both done by Ashley Rose, and both have different interiors that are found in other books. So if you get to the back of this one, you find the interior for this one. Uh, You get to the back of Wisdom, you find the interior for this one. And it's all noted in there so that you can see it. So the IE in the series, which also means, in other words, right, IE is the writing bit of this. So I had a bunch of, invited a bunch of authors to participate in the beginning. Uh, There's some beautiful quotes in here by just the most amazing people, even Jim Penniston, you know, from the Rendlesham Enigma. The guy who touched the craft and all the binary ones and zeros. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's Jim. Hell yeah, dude. No way. What I once believe is no more and what I've witnessed defies all that I have ever imagined. Damn, that's deep. And then you've got Dr. Doug Matsky, Mark Ollie, uh, Ronald Kinsella, Ben Tejada Ingram, Mark Gober. Are you guys familiar with him? He wrote an end to upside down thinking and end mm-hmm. upside down everything. Love him, dude. I'll, uh, remind me, we'll, we'll get you in contact. Anyway. Absolutely. So when you get to the end of this one also, it'll let you know, hey, there's another book. And then it gives you sample pages of that book so that you can check that out for a little bit for yourself to see if you would like another one like that, which 
we have available for you. And then at the end of that one, there's a third volume that's uh, going to be in published here very, very soon, which is the IE3, in other words, three. And this one, again, is for writers, for anyone like that. And this one is more of a bring me the horizon style. So it's a horizontal. You still have all the customizable nodes and any tracker style that you want at the top. And then you just go to town on it. There's also, yeah, so... Anyway, that's the writing ones. And then we have CE, Creative Expansion, and this one's all for artists. This is a sketchbook, essentially. But uh, there are many versions of this right behind it. I'm in uh, conjunction with many artists that are submitting art for this. Paranoid American is doing some stuff. And then Patricio with Forgotten Youth, um, he is uh, submitting some stuff from his artists as well. And the whole point of these, honestly, is community building, um, but also you building. So I also wanted to display some folks that I know that have made big impacts on me that may impact you as well ahead of your experience in these books. So what we did then is invited uh, a bunch of artists to participate and to drop in sketches or paintings or anything like that. And you actually get some incredible stuff. Uh, This guy's on Instagram. Love him. Um, You get some incredible stuff. Also, we offered a quote. So there's quotes from the artists in here. And what it does is it offers you the opportunity to show that, hey, there's a big-ass community of artists out here. And maybe you're inspired before you go through the blank pages in here. It only takes up 42 of 284 uh, there's coloring book pages in here submitted by the artist that did the cover for this, Janine Burgess. And uh, she offers you some amazing things to think about as well. And the deeper you look into these, actually, there's little bees and wow. butterflies. And it, it's beautiful to contemplate along with a quote from the artist. Here's a couple of those drawings I was telling you about, the things she does. Very nice. Great so stuff. you include these. Yeah, and then even my friend, hey, just throw me a sketch. So that's what I'm saying, mm-hmm. bub. I'd love to see you in my next one, dude. I got hey. I got two more in production uh, published right after this, and I would love to include you. Uh, there honestly, we go. Sincerely. Throw Let's your shout it. out and all that. Let's do it. Anyway, oh, there's yeah. that. And then this one, which is the evening one, Wisdom Expansion. So there's five guys. And I'll stop talking about the fucking journals if you'd like. There you go. Oh, dude. That's so cool. Really, really. It's so cool because I feel like that's something I'd be like, oh, I want to do this, and I just never would get there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like the Rubik's cube. Like that or you're like, yeah. I need to start oh, with the Rubik's the cube. Rubik's. I got to start, start small. Start with the Rubik's cube. I got to. You know start what small. it is? Start with honestly. I will tell you the thing that changed me: my age in push-ups every day. Yeah. Do you work out regularly? I you run. I yeah. don't either. Well, no. I mean, I so I don't do them every day, but I'm like, you know, I'll do like every other day, right? Yeah. I'll do do, like, push, do your age in push-ups every single day for a month. That's oh. honestly going to be your biggest challenge ever. It uh, sounds dumb. Everybody uh, out there listening is going to be like, oh, come on. I can." And I hope that you go in with that and you'll get beginner's luck. And then at yeah. about day 12, maybe 15, you're like, fuck this. No, I'm going to be sore. Maybe. I know I'll be sore. Well, you're, Not even sore. Yeah. Just It's a pain in the ass. It's something to set time aside to do that's going to make you huff a little bit because it's not something you do all the time. It's just a fascinating thing. That's what changed me, honestly, was my age in push-ups. And that's flex. that changes, right? That gets more challenging as I age. So, um, But I think it's yeah. a good, like, you know, bar to set. It can be of like, hey, yeah. if I can keep doing this because I do, you know, I like to stay in shape because I want to be able to do stuff. Like, if I want to go throw a Frisbee in the park, if I want to go ride my bike, if I want to go swim, jump off a cliff, whatever it is, I just want to be able to do stuff. That's the only reason yeah. behind it. So it's like... I still run from time to time. Now that it's cold out, it's not happening. Yeah. It's yeah. just that motivation well, is gone. But now you can do your push ups. I might have to get back in rock climbing too. We'll Dude, see. 
Rock climbing so good for I'm you. there with you on all of this. I'm one of the most active motherfuckers you'll ever meet. You gotta, we'll, we need to meet up and do hiking and shit like that. We did the contact at the canyon with the Grimerica guys last year. They're doing another oh, cool. one in uh, oh, very cool. August this year. And uh, it's out at Zion and Bryce. And it's oh amazing. my God, yeah. So we'll go out there and go uh, I've actually hiked yeah. through Bryce, yeah. Never been yeah, to Zion, David but I've Warner hiked through Math- Bryce. Dude, David Warner Matheson is an incredible author, professor, dude. Um, he goes out there with a green-ass laser pointer and points out all the constellations at Bryce, and they time it on a new moon so that it's pitch black out there. Oh, my. And cool. so he just points out all the myth- the mythology behind it, and he talks about the Pleiades. He shows you how to find your way around and base off of things and Gemini and everything. It's it's a magical experience, dude, after That's hiking so that place cool. all day. That's so you cool. You guys got to come out for one of those, I'm telling you. Dude, we'd love to. We're, I would be down for it. Right yeah. now, we're looking at our calendar for 2024 and going, what events do we want to be a part of? What do we want to try to help with different events with live streaming and video production and this and that, but also just like go out and meet people and get get after it. You know, this year was uh, yeah. we built the show and and really put a lot into work and, and kind of the processes yeah. of everything. 2024, we got to get out there. I think if we get the ball rolling and get out there, we're really, yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to get interesting mm-hmm. because we haven't really yet. We've worked on down here. You guys have before a little bit with, you know, creating and shooting and making some documentary and content and stuff like that. But a lot of what yeah. we've been doing is interviewing and talking to people. We haven't yeah. been able to go out and really like, you know, shoot content and make pieces. But yeah, yeah we're looking ahead for sure for stuff like that. We all do it. Content is king. I did 100 episodes my first year. It was stupid. I was working a 60-hour week job, getting like two and four hours of sleep a night. Oh, yeah. Sent 100 episodes (laughs) out to the ether and still was drinking. And so it was crazy. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it'll balance out. And I think amongst them is, is definitely the next step for all of us. Everybody's got the call to do this. So we're all, we're all definitely feeling this. And I can't wait to hug your neck in person, as they say. Oh yeah. Love it. Love it. Now, one thing you mentioned a little earlier was your fall from kind of the new age movement and, you know, with doing events and production over the years, we've come in contact with various new age movements and groups and different folks where we've always felt like it's really interesting, but it's not really us like we never dove into some of these groups and, and it, we're kind of always on the periphery kind of yeah. looking into uh i don't want to you know call anybody by name or group by name or anything like that but we've we've been around it so i'm curious to see hear about your journey from like what exactly were you involved with and when did you realize that whoa this is either not for me or complete bullshit or how did that go within yourself? Yeah, how did the rubber meet the road in that that scenario? Oh, the rubber has met a lot of roads, man. I've had a lot of rubber that's met a lot of roads. Dude. You're on the strange road, buddy. I, oh God. Well let's let's travel it a bit. And and thank you um again for the question. This is outstanding, gentlemen. Um you just make your guests feel very welcome and make you make them feel like they can be themselves, which is the greatest honor you could give a compliment you could give anybody. Hundred percent. It's only that imp- that in, uh, includes you too, buddy. So mine is actually a longer story than that. So we'll just we'll just take it back to where it begins. Um, growing up, uh, very um, hyper mind. I'm not going to say like genius level and shit like that. But mom had me tested. I should have been a grade or two ahead. I tested out of everything. But because she said I was uh, going to grow up weird as a weird nerd, then she didn't put me ahead. She just had me carry on, which is fine. Socially, I'm, I'm grateful. I regret nothing, by the way. I'm going to preface what I'm about to tell everyone here. That it, had I not have taken any step down any of the strange road I'm about to tell you, then it would be for naught. And so 
any sort of emotional reaction you have from that, I mean, we can talk about absolutely, but it let I want you all to know I am moved on, healed, and feel incredibly powerful. Uh, never more so than I do at this moment right now. So the challenge then grew whenever um, everything was like, awesome growing up. I, I don't remember having like a weird childhood until, um, high school. And then when high school kicked in, like a lot of kids, you know, you sort of gain some independence and you're just like, what the fuck's going on here and all that kind of stuff. But I grew up in a small town. Like I, I lived in a suburb, but it was still a small town called Keller, Texas. You can look this place up now. It's massive. But if you looked up the population in 1997, that's where I was. Um, and so it was a very small town. I was going to go into my junior year in high school at Keller High School. I was super pumped. I was on the varsity tennis team. I was in architecture. Like, so my nerd always showed, right? Yeah. But I was always very athletic, right? So I still played soccer and all that kind of shit. So... Um, then we, uh, have this move down to Houston, uh, from this small little town where my graduating class was like 65 people yep. in 1998, a friend of mine driving to school, uh, shot a deer on the road through the deer in the back of the car, went and checked in and then went out and had a process and came back. You just kept guns in the back of your window. Nobody cared. Um, and this isn't the fifties guys. This was 1998. So, uh, we're doing our thing. Then we have this huge move down to Houston, which just ripped us apart. Like it just really challenged everyone. It was, I think our first family's dark night of the soul, right? Because we were Christian. Uh, we were crushing it at that vacation Bible school, the whole thing. I didn't know what weed was. It was never something, even at the age of 16, I had no clue what that was. I knew drinking cause that was whatever, but no one around me was that. And I didn't catch any references to any drugs at all. I was the most straight edge, white little straight laced kid you could ever meet. So I moved down to Houston, uh, from a 65 graduating class to a thousand sixty something graduating class, which wow. is a huge culture shock for me. Time, uh, periods between, you know, um, intervals between classes was like 10 minutes instead of five. So it was like double the amount of time. I was like, that's cool. They're like, no, no, no. You're going to need that to push your way through everyone to get to your next class. Like crazy shit. Jesus. And so I get down there, we do that. And in that time I discovered pot. I also discovered, um, you know, at first I was, I was me and I just fit in with the crowd that I was already at. I was playing sports. I uh, actually coached an under six-year-old girls soccer team because I wanted to get involved with the community. My dad coached and refereed. I refereed soccer. So that was like our thing as a family. My brothers did it, everything. And so I wanted to coach too, right? And so I was like, well, I can go up there. They're going to have a little boys team. I can just fucking coach. It'll be fun. It'll look good for college, all that, right? And so I get this under six girls team and I was like, no, 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 I, I wanted a boys team. They're like, this is what we got. If you want to coach, this is what we got. So I did it, volunteered, ended up doing three seasons with them. Uh, when I moved, and then the two in my senior, and then I was gone, but had a blast with that, like this amazing thing. And then, uh, my mom flipped out and, uh, she started going really nuts, um, in a, in a way that she didn't react to the move good at all. Um, I'm the oldest in our house, so I'm sort of the rebel anyway, you know, but even this straight laced, uh, a student architecture, tennis, soccer, coaching girls, soccer team, all this kind of shit. Right. I started, you know, experiencing marijuana and, uh, finding out what that was all about. It did not affect anything. Um, but at the same time, my mom did this absolute spiral mentally. She, uh, really had a challenge. And again, we're very healed. She was just in my home three days ago for Thanksgiving. So, uh, we just had a really tough time and that led to a very tough time. 
I was a musician. I started playing guitar. I started then meeting with this bad crowd and all this stuff. Still, grades were great. Uh, kept up with the soccer thing, kept up with everything. But I also was starting to experiment and finding out that there was more to life than I was shown in Keller, Texas. And really getting thinking that this was awesome. Really honestly finding myself. This led to, in a year and a half period... Um, I did uh, my first psychedelics ever uh, as a senior in high school. I did two hits of liquid acid, and it was insane. I had a horrible, horrible trip. Oh, because, boy. That's too <clears> much. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was 18. My family <clears throat> is still living at home. Um, my mom thought I was out. I had the whole thing figured out, right? Thought I was out for the evening. A buddy of mine had gotten in a wreck um, as a child, and then they gave this child, or this 18-year-old, still a child, $20,000 to do whatever he wanted with. So he would rent hotel rooms. He got us all these drugs. He was my best friend. So we had this hotel room picked out. Everything was awesome. I start tripping my ass off. I'm smoking. I'm doing everything. And then my phone rings, and my mom goes, you need to come home right now. That's when the trip went bad. Oh, boy. And so I'm puking. I'm crying. It was a bad thing. And so that was a whole situation that further turmoil. She did not know that I was on acid because like them, they were very sheltered, too. They had no idea what this shit was. So um, th that was a traumatic events. Then I'm already mind expanding into that. Like, what the fuck is going on? You know, sort of figuring out that religion's not for me. I'm, I'm very much calling bullshit on that. Also, when I was 18, right before I left, I got a job as a waiter at Chili's because uh, I was I turned 18 early, like in September. Again, why they wanted me to advance. So um, I had this amazing job as, as an 18-year-old, you know, um, and I'm doing my thing. And one Sunday, Sunday, there was this guy sitting in my section. It was 13, table 13. I'll never forget it. This only dude there, it was Sunday morning, nobody was in yet, I was bored as shit, I had this whole area, and the dude sitting there was reading the newspaper, had coffee, very easy, just wanted to be left. I said, cool. I walked by one time and he snuffed at something that he saw. He goes, ha, huh, can you believe this shit? And I said, what? You know, because he asked me directly. And he just rattled off some shit that was written in the newspaper, and I was like, what do you mean? He goes, you got to read between the lines. And it was that moment on, I was like, hang on, you got to question what's even in the newspaper. And so this, again, you know, these expansions of concepts from this little kid in Keller, Texas planted this seed that in a year and a half grew to psychedelics, um, his mom taking him to an insane asylum because she herself needed the help and ended up, uh, trying to get me locked up for some journal she found. And the therapist looked at me and said, do you want me to read that? You're 18. And I said, no, it wasn't meant for anybody. It's just my feelings. I'm not going to hurt anyone. Handed it back to me. Mom had a fucking meltdown. And it was about that time the physical abuse started. Um, I was dumped on the side of the road uh, and left to walk miles and miles home uh, just because she was angry at something, right? Chemical imbalance. And again, I can't, um, I'm not dogging on my mom here. This is a direct chemical imbalance. She's got help and all that. But this is the story. Uh, she then um, just melted down uh, pretty bad. Then I just started getting hit. I would get drug out of my bed in the middle of the night and just get the shit kicked out of me. Now, when that started happening, um, I had two younger brothers in the house. And so I was sitting there, older brother, going, well, it's only going to, if it's occurring, uh, then I'm going to keep it on me. So I started acting out more, right, as this way of to uh, enhance the light angels that they were and then to focus the rage that she obviously had and had no other outlet for on me. And I was successful in doing that. It drove the most the most massive wedge between our family because the brothers thought I abandoned them. I was nothing like that. I was trying to protect them. But how do you say that, you know? Um, and so it culminated uh, in one evening, um, two days after graduation. So I've got my fucking diploma. I made it through that shit show. Um, I, you know, have no car, anything like that. And then um, my mom just pissed off about something. Um, I'm in her room because I needed to talk into or some shit. And then all of a sudden, bam, right hook to the ear. It sucked so bad. This one right here. 
<clears throat> and then I fall back, and then now my mom's on top of me, like choking the shit out of me. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen your parent sitting on top of you, like enraged and looking to end you, but it's no. a weird feeling. I gotta be honest. So what saved me, and I never hit back, I never fought back. Um, what saved me was my grandma ran in her mom um and pulled her off of me and said, What the fuck are you doing? And that's Gma. Like Gma and I, we were the tightest ever. And Gma comes into the story later again. But um, Gma and I were very, very tight. She was actually in town to see me graduate. And so saw me get graduated. I never told her. I never told anyone. So this is her first introduction to that something like that was going on in the home. Wow. Hmm. And this entire time, there's no God. There's no angels visiting me. There's no comfort. There's nobody I've got to talk to. Um, that moment, what occurred was she booted, um, mom off. I'm, you know, crying my eyes out. Um, she's frustrated as shit. I walked upstairs. I packed my bags with two, two bags of clothes and whatever I could stuff in them and my guitar. Uh, and I fucking left and I was on the road for probably six years. I mean, I touched base here and there. The brothers and I maybe saw each other. I stayed in some weird fucking places. I made some interesting decisions and it was a crazy fucking ride. And around that time, directly after I moved out of the house and was in this fucking shit show of just what the hell's life, you know, everything, right? Um, I was handed the book Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. And this motherfucker gave me an introduction to spirituality. And this guy was the reason, you know, I'd say that I'm not an atheist. Uh, he wrote about, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this book or this series. It's a three book series. He's written 39 books in 37 different languages, or maybe that's the inverse wow. of that. This is the one I highly recommend everybody start with. If it's something that you want to check out, essentially the story goes, he was a older gentleman fired from every job, homeless, uh, and just asked God on a piece of paper, wrote it, and then picked up the pen and he got an answer. So it's a dialogue between him and what he calls or feels as God, and it changed me. Um, there were there are concepts in here like um, you're everything and this unity consciousness idea, which I'd never, ever heard of before. He also explained that Hitler went to heaven and because there is no hell, meaning that you can't fuck this up. He made sense in the way that I made sense of that there, God wouldn't give you, if there is one, God wouldn't give you uh, free will and then punish you for eternity for using it. That made mm. sense to me. Hmm. And so when, when you start to s see this book answering questions, the church could not, it was easy for me to grab on and to go that way. And I studied this as a discipline, you know, this and others, God, this led me to so many things. And there are so many practical things you can grab out of here without needing for it to be a conversation with God. You don't need it to be. It's, it's fascinating. There are still things, um, I say and quote, this is probably the most quoted author by me, uh, lately, it's Howdy Mikowski, but that's another thing because I'm on a whole different thing. Um, but this actually really, really soothed me in a time I didn't have a mom. I didn't have a dad. I didn't have a home. And I was on my own on foot. I got a new relationship with what I would consider God, which I was not interested in having with anything. So it led me somewhere and it felt great. And I followed that path. I then got into this manifestation idea with the secret, never manifested shit, by the way. Um, and no matter what myriad of things, so I must've been fucked. I'm broke, right? I'm the broken one and I can't get it right. But, um, I have things to say about that, but, uh, through this all, I've been a psychonaut. I'd take, you know, 10 strips of acid and a bunch of ecstasy at the same time. I call it candy flipping for the kids there. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, uh, had an amazing experience. Like my first time I ever did mushrooms was in Huntsville, Texas, Hunts, Vegas, Texas. The only thing to do there is to do drugs. And I was a performing musician, so I played there and I wanted mushrooms. I'd never done them before. So I was like, you know what? I want to do fucking mushrooms. This dude, I handed him $30. He handed me a bag. I was like, cool. Knew nothing about this. I go home. I try one. It's horrible. He goes, you know, maybe blender it, uh, blend it up with some Kool-Aid. Got it. So I dumped the entire bag 
into a oh, blender no. with Kool-Aid and water and ice and blend it all up and Holy choke cow. it down. No. Or ended up being 14 grams. Oh, no. Choke this shit down. It was only oh, 30 minutes no. in my uh, body um, before I could throw it all up, but that made an impact and I had an incredibly visual trip. It was amazing. So this whole time period, I was expanding consciousness in a lot of ways. Psychonaut, uh, definitely conspiracy theorists that do with the newspaper led me to movies like Zeitgeist and um, Jordan Maxwell's work and things like that. So definitely already on the, okay, I'm being fucked from every direction. Where can I go to not be fucked? And it turns out nowhere uh, to yourself, actually. Um, but what's interesting about that path is that through this, like love and light, oh, it's going to be, there's an opportunity for things to change here and I can be an actionable participant in that change is something that I see as a destabilization tool. A lot of it put in place, a lot of the spiritual and metaphysics stuff is put in place by um, the Satanist church, by the way, the manifestation specifically in the 90s. Mark Passio talks about this. He's got a seven-hour rant on YouTube, which is fantastic. And he talks about how in the 90s, and this is all full admitted, he was a uh, Satanist, actually. This is why he knows. I am right there with you to question the validity of anything he says, but it's an interesting perspective because his firsthand account backs up some stories that you also hear in the other, which is why we'll use it as an example here. Uh, he's talking about how they were bragging about how destabilization, how destabilizing it was, the concept of manifestation, which they're injecting in something into the New Age community that's just going to shock everything. You see this in the UFO community. Um, uh, Rick, uh, Richard Doty is one of these guys. He's openly admitted CIA guy that walked in and said, I gave a bunch of false information around. Yep. And that mm -hmm. was to lead you astray. So then what is anything, Right. Um, even Flat Earth Society is allegedly a uh, government ran. That um, dude is just a pawn for the government. So he's giving you tons of weird misinformation that take validity away from an idea that I think actually has legs, not necessarily the way in which it's approached, but I, I think that there's a lot to say about it. Um, so through this path, uh, through all of this, it, it has been... I mean, fucking wild, guys. Uh, through right. all of that, I end up, I mean, the the short to wrap it on the story there is um, out and about doing my thing, um, get an invitation to go to China with my music. I was playing in Houston. I was doing all these gigs and stuff like that. Uh, labels coming out, inviting me to come perform. And thank God I had great mentorship and some um, great uh, local musicians there that have been doing it for years. And they just kind of took me under their wing and said, hey, watch out for this, this, and this. I saw that, that, and that. Got out of bad situations with confidence, and I'm grateful for it. So didn't get sucked into that rabbit hole, but definitely took up the invite to go to China and move around. After China, I came back and I uh, get a call from Gma, my grandma. Now, I was two weeks into going back to a second tour of China where not only for a month, it was going to be two months this time. and be even bigger. They loved it. It was great, right? Um, and so... I get a call and, hey, doll baby, I'm, I'm dizzy and I, I can't stand up. She lived by herself in Fort Worth. Mom and her didn't speak because they all thought she was crazy. And um, I absolutely adored her. We were the black sheep. And so I said, okay, cool. Canceled my tour, threw everything I could in my truck and my two dogs and shagged ass up to Fort Worth. And that's where I uh, was and then found out, you know, I needed to diagnose it and get her to the right people. Uh, there was a family member trying to take all this money from her. I needed to get a power of attorney at the age of 25 for my grandmother. I had no fucking clue what to do, but I'm the only one that could take care of her. So I grew up, right? You step up. And uh, so got power of attorney, ended up finding out she had Alzheimer's, which was this crazy fucking thing. Uh, she never forgot me, but it was a crazy fucking thing. I uh, ended up with her in the home and she passed away. Um, then I end up with this uh, property that she had, this house of hers and all this stuff. And 
in Haltom City, Texas, and then ended up going, okay, well, I got to get a job now. And this 26-year-old, right, for the first time stepping out into this life has now to get a job. I go work retail because it's easy and you can do that. They don't drug test. I ended up Mm -hmm. um, meeting a young lady that now is my wife, met her 13 years ago, which is where we are in the story. Then um, moved up and said, you know what? We want a home. We want to do things. I'm going to quit smoking pot. I'm going to really get my life together. Did that. Nine and a half, almost 10 years, I worked for a beer company called Ben E. Keith. They're a Budweiser distributor. I went from line cleaning technician, the lowest fucking thing you can do, up to, um, uh, I mean, driving the trucks. I was on a beer truck for like four years. I drove a big-ass truck. I can slang those fucking things, by the way. I drove at the airport, <laughs> DFW airport. It was, we'd drive in between everything. It was great. Um, and then uh, up to sales. And I would like wreck it at sales. I got to a point with it. My boss was like, yeah, you're crushing, dude. You're number one in everything and all that. Uh, And I go, cool, where's the next step? And he goes, oh, yeah, you're already making more money than me where you're at. And your next step is to get a degree and then to sit in an office and Mm. do beer numbers all day. I was like, get fucked. And along that time, the podcast was already doing this. And it was whenever I figured that out, Mm. well before I should have, by the way, zero members participating, I quit my job. I took the leap of faith in December of 2021 or 2020 and quit. And I've been out... Um, well, two years now, uh, the show's been going for three years. I quit drinking two and a half years ago, which is a whole big thing. And, um, it's, it's been a wild fucking ride. And then, wow. uh, to catch you up, I guess from there, just recently, literally this last birthday, I just turned 41, September 18th. And I just had a, a thing, dude, uh, starting, um, January 20 or June 21st, the summer solstice from there to really about two weeks, three weeks ago. I was a shit show, emotion, uh, depression, hard. I woke up with a mantra in my head, not mine. I'm not suicidal. You're going to kill yourself today for like three months straight. Um, this crazy, crazy melt, just get it all the fuck out of the way. We're moving on kind of a thing. And I couldn't do anything about it. Turns out I met with um, a friend of mine, Ksenia Moore. She would love to come on your show. She's incredible. She's an astrologer out of Australia. And, um, she was at contact at the Canyon with us too. Um, she told me, cause my wife is just like, Oh my God. And this woman, amazing woman. Cause I just, I was insufferable dude. <clears throat> and she was just like, you know, I looked at your chart and I wanted to talk to Ksenia. Ksenia reached out to me and said, look, here's your chart. Here's what occurred. And here's when you can expect for it to back off. So it's at this point in the show, I will recommend a PSA to find out if you're between the age of like 30, 40, somewhere in 38, 40, somewhere in there. Uh, look at when P- Pluto is squaring your chart, your main node. Look at when it's squaring you, because this is when the devil looks at you. And there's this concept in um, Howdy Mikowski book, Falling for Truth, that I'm reading right now about Richard Rose's work. This is like an inception fucking explanation, isn't it? I love um, it. Go a couple layers. About the, <laughs> Just let me know when you're going to uh, drop the kick, when the <laughs> song's going to go off. About the... Um, uh, um, Jacob's ladder idea, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're just kind of ascending uh, this thing and and we're all moving together and all of that. And um, it's just uh, again, when you when you're diving into concepts like this, you you go really deep with it. And I went deep and it destroyed me, which I'm grateful for, because it brought me over to a way more sovereign place. You know, I looked at the destabilization that I was in. I was in an imbalance. I didn't have any power. I was an empowered, disempowered, empowered person. Uh, disempowered, powerful person. And it, it, it sucks. I, it, it is going to occur. You need it to shine some weird mirror on your ass and it's going to suck ass. I highly recommend you go to an ashram or something or go to India, just two, three months, just get out of the way. 
So it was my Pluto square and then Saturn and Uranus were doing something else. So I got these three huge dicks from the universe all at once, <laughs> plus eclipses, plus all the shit. And so I'm sitting there just going, how did I not know about this? Why, you know, did this suck so bad? But what it gave me was a cleanse of this new age, man. It cleansed me of this idea because what it showed me plain out is why I was failing at manifesting, at doing it right, at not being the uh, in alignment, the uh, vibrational match and all that kind of shit is because it's not real. It's not a real thing. It's made up. And whenever I looked at it, this is my opinion, guys. Y'all can, uh, this is just how I feel about it. Whenever I looked at it, I saw a void, but beyond the void, running everything right, right there is an energetic uh, matrix, if you want to put it that way. And when I looked at it, I saw new age and spirituality. Oh, this is just religion with extra steps. Got it. I I see this tunnel and where it leads. You can look at the light side of the tunnel and there's light pictographs on that side or the dark side of the tunnel and there's scary shadow work shit. You think you're doing it right because you're integrating all. A lot of people only shine their light on this side of it. And then you go through like this, like, uh, but all of that is very important to show you that the tunnel itself is what's bullshit. It's anything that you're outsourcing outside of yourself, which you have to do, by the way. I don't, this isn't a, oh, I get it now. I can, whatever, because I'm just playing with this idea. I'm just so new to this concept, but I've never been more empowered by the way that I feel about it. I don't feel like this place has my best interests at heart. I don't feel like I've got a spirit guide and that things are going great. I look around at this place. It's a shit show. It's a catastrophe. And I'm no longer going to spiritually bypass my way out of seeing it that way because that's what was occurring. Oh, it's for... You, it's it's you. Even the solipsism idea, it's wonderful philosophically, but when you look at it and you're sitting there saying, I'm the only one here so I can do whatever the fuck I want, it takes ownership and earnest and responsibility out of you actually being actionable here and a participatory member of this reality. Right. It takes you down. It could possibly be extrapolated out to where now all your focus is, is to manifest whatever and step along the way and snake oil salesman your way because it's part of the path. And then, but people signed contracts, right? Well, people signed contracts to come here and do this. So it's part of their karma and I'm fulfilling their karma and all of these sort of stories. And I really just see this whole huge fucking thing as a play, right? It's just a play. It's a balance of energies. It's this options of experience, but it's a dark one. And the dark is death by a thousand cuts here. It's not all at once and right away. For some people it is, and then there's a resilience that comes from that, but it's this death by a thousand cuts. It's the little things. It's the, your turtle died, or you know, it's the mom didn't love you enough, or it's the not being able to get that thing, or it's the not getting that promotion, or not being loved enough, or being worthy enough for yourself, or not just being able to quit drinking, or just not being able to do my age and push-ups every day. Any of these like stories that, that are wrapped up in limitation is what binds you in the chains. And so when we talk about this place as an energetic matrix, at its core, just for simplicity is the way that I view it, is that there are things out here that benefit from the fact that there are negative vibes, if you want to say that. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. to this, uh, obviously it's an Gnostic idea, the Cathars of Southern France were talking about this. This is Howdy Mikowski's work. Uh, Exit the Cave, by the way, he reads for free on YouTube. If anybody nice. wants to check that out, it is in parts, but I highly recommend it. Just buy the book. It's phenomenal. Um, and he talks about this demiurge reality that's really a copy of something amazing. And these aeons and these amazing gods that were, or, were these encapsulations, which is what the texts are talking about, like the Nakamadi and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the these Hermetica. encapsulations. <clears throat> yes. It's these encapsulations of, um, of these, 
amazing things like compassion and grace and freedom and all of these wonderful things, but they're two entities, aeons, that work together in harmony to balance one another out, a male and a female. And the story goes, an entity called Sophia decided, you know what? I'm just going to do my own thing for a little while. I'm going to create something awesome. She, uh, It's called Biel, Biel de Blov, and it's the, de, um, the Demiurge, right? And so this Demiurge then created another realm, and it did it, and it has these disciples below it, basically, that also have the power of creation, but none of the spark of life, light, rather, within them. So they have the ability to create, but it's not based on anything altruistic. So therefore, there's no need for it. There's no substance. It tastes horrible to them, which will get me to my point because it's going to get pretty dark. The What that means, and the, as the ideas, the Gnostics, the Cathars, all, the, all that they're saying is everything here. There's no sort of like contract that you're directly involved in to come here and get fucked willingly. This is not a school, and there's many many ways that we can talk about that. This is a car. This is a copy, a shit copy, where it's something must die for something to survive. Chaos, shit, factory machine of a copy of an awesome reality that we don't have access to because we're sort of hostages here, as the idea goes. Hmm. Now, when I think about this as um, more of a vessel concept, you start looking at like that. This is just your ride, right? Um, when you talk about things like walk-ins and possessions, it's interesting to get to think that somebody, if it's possible, again, as the idea goes, I don't know what the fuck's going on here, but to follow the idea, if you can get this body, whatever that is, in a doped up enough state or a low enough state, let's say, then something can come in and take the wheel, right? Let's say that you're driving and you fall asleep behind the wheel and I'm in the passenger seat. I'm going to grab that wheel to make sure that we're not going to all die. Or maybe I take advantage of it, set you over off to the side Say, oh, man, they weren't driving right. And actually, I didn't like the way you were going. I'm going to take a different route. And actually, I didn't like the music you were listening to either. I'm going to do that. But you're asleep and you don't notice it anyway. This is the idea of the fluoride in the water. The, oh, yeah. Anything that they're doing to dumb people down is to get permission out of the way, sovereignty and permission and yep. balance, which is, again, what all these <laughs> other things are. Satanists is part of it, metaphysics, all of it. Uh, disimbalance to get you off of your game so that you will be a sponge for whatever. When you, again, look at it like an energy thing, sort of like the Matrix, there's this concept, Dolores Cannon, a lot of people talk about, especially in the New Age community, of going from 3D to 5D. Oh, right? yeah. You're going 3D to 5D. Ascension. Oh, guys, we're doing That's it. That's the Ascension cults. We've been around is some a, of those folks. Yeah. So what, but what about 4D? I mean, last time I was checking, it's 3, 4, 5, right? So where, what's 4D? Where does that come into I've play? always wondered that. Because yeah. you always hear and about like the the reptilians in the lower fourth lower dimension. Fourth dimension. That's where right. the the lower vibrating entities are. But if they were lower vibrating, why are they in the fourth dimension above us? Like, where's the no? They're not. What they're happens? not lower dimensions as uh, than they're us. Lower. They're in the lower fourth dimension. That's where they're at. They're not in the higher fourth. Well, I'm just paraphrasing here. I don't know enough about it, but from old. Yeah. David Icke. Yeah, and allegedly there's levels to that, right? So let's yeah. say the lower fourth dimension. In my mind, that's third dimension, right? And if fifth dimension's right here anyway, what you're what may be occurring is that these entities are all around you. Yeah. Our vision is shit. Our yeah. audio is 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz and then that dills out over time. So your your vision is so narrow, all of your senses, you know, and they say you've got five faculties, I would add I would add that six, which is this intuition. Yeah. It's the thing that wakes you up in the middle of the night and sleep paralysis, you know you're something's going on, but you can't do anything about it. There's a sense, right? So there are so many ways, again, to encapsulate this idea, but when you look at it as a realm ran by archons, it sort of 
lead all the questions I've got about Bigfoot, UFO, um, anything like that, your grandma visiting you, near-death experiences completely manufactured just to shuffle you back into the soul trap, right, is the idea. So all of the things here that you talk about could be the manifestation of these things called archons, which is what the Ark and Archangel is allegedly for. And the Demiurge, this Bluff, was the first archon. That's what Sophia created, which created this realm. So dude, when you follow the idea of a soul right trap, <laughs> when you when you follow the idea of a soul trap, um, then that is what occurs when you leave this place. That light, you know, and you'll find several movies that say, "Don't go to the light. Don't go to the light." Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of them, that light at the end of the tunnel is not heaven. Uh, a couple of these little slips in, little um, revelation of the method within within things uh, that you can see all around you, um, even. Even the idea of archons, whenever you look at uh, a movie like Dark City, there's a line in it and the guy goes, we know you because we use your dead as vessels. So if you think about, again, back to the idea that this body, this meat suit, whatever the fuck this is, we all kind of agree that we are ran by something else. We're not this body. You can maybe get to a point even philosophically to say there's something bigger animating this. Mm -hmm. When I die, the lights go off, that thing vacates this body, whatever that means. So if this is an inhabitable vehicle, who's to say what you are? Maybe you're a damn lizard turd that's jacking into this vehicle because this is the operation that we use here. This is the vehicle that's driven here. This is the the thing. If you if you were walking around in a big lizard thing, it'd fuck everything up, right? And maybe there is time for that, and we can talk about that too. But mm-hmm. if this is sort of like a game or a reality of experience, then anything tapped into this avatar would be whatever's tapped into this avatar. I think that we all can agree that you've seen some people. You may refer to them as NPCs, <clears throat> something like that. But you see these people, uh, even like the folks on bath salts on the news that shoot people's faces off and shit. You're like, what is that? That's a crazy person on drugs. Maybe. Maybe. It's something that they got their body, their vessel to so low mm-hmm. that they ended up being dead. And that's what they're referring to in Dark City. Right. We know you because we use your dead as vessels. The same thing as being asleep at the wheel. If you're asleep at yeah. the wheel, something else will take over. <clears throat> Completely. Mm-hmm. And what is that thing? Now, to the New Age community part of that, I refused my first offer of a session uh, the a uh, few weeks ago for Reiki. Somebody was, hey, can I give you Reiki? Absolutely not. You know, we asked a little question and answer. Who's your guide? How do you trust your guide? What do you know about your guide? What do they tell you? You know, what are the feelings? What's their true intention? Have you asked them any of these questions? No, of course not. This is my guide. Why would I do that? It makes me feel good. I'm like, dude, I can take ecstasy. You know, that feeling is manufacturable, especially when you start looking at it to the level of that everything here, because this place is all mental, everything here's job is to fuck with you and for you to go, "Uh uh-uh. And just like Thomas Jefferson said, the price for freedom is ever vigilance. So you've got to really be on your shit with this. Now, on the other side of this and you're dark speaking path, my language. Yeah, the universe is mental. I mean, that's the Hermetic text. That's that's the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, the Halls of Amenti. Um, you know, that, that's all of those threads from Hermeticism is, is really what the foundation of so many. And and it's beyond New Age. Like the the Hermetics is like the the foundation of basically even Christianity and um, it, you know all of our religions. Yeah, we're talking about this pre-show and the office right weird breaking this down yeah so that's funny. wild yeah that is funny yeah so we've had a lot of synchronicities lately no so. i i've i'm I've, i'm feeling what you're throwing down because you know the you know uh, crowley do what thou wilt thou shalt be the whole of the law like he's telling you you're a god you can go and do anything that you want to do and like you said with those up in your head well how did crowley end up a drug addict broke alone 
completely alone. Did you he? Know, his, I don't know the. Yeah, I mean his 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 work lives on through you know his writings and so yeah. forth. But um, you know he ended up in a hole of depression, and you know what I mean. So um, I completely know where you're going with this in, in a sense of like these are a lot of things that I've been thinking we've been having conversations about lately too well it even to like your journal thing right like uh, not that journal right thing there, but guys. the journal right yeah exit the cave I'm gonna check that out but in the journal uh I don't know if you had said it in there but it's like your energy level when you wake up in the morning or this or that like yeah. I was telling uh my wife that like when I wake up in the morning like I am like preloaded like how my mind is and what the setting is for the day it's like going into Netflix and going I want comedy or drama or horror this or that I wake up and it's almost like I have a, a genre on my mind like preloaded and it's really hard to get out of those I, I can't really I just kind of ride whatever wave I'm dealt in the morning does that make sense interesting it does make sense and then the question is is then where's the gift in that have you found noting the fact that it occurs why it occurs in you specifically have you found a pattern or what beneficial he's full of patterns this guy he's got a lot of I've, ingrained i'm always worried someday that like a van's just going to roll up with a straight jacket and like then <laughs> haul me off and it's not going to be old school and i'm not going to go hang out with like will ferrell and my boy blue and you know get into a, a you know a ky jelly wrestling match like i'm going to get brought into the clinic but it also makes me think of a weird segue of I was listening to someone talk about intelligence and different scales of it and, you know, where that bell curve would land, right? Like, so when you get to the top of that and say that's your Einstein, right, or whatever, and you go on the other end of that, that's still intelligence and it's at the higher end of it, but it's not functional, right? So, like, this this researcher's question was, where would you find those people, those people with that intellect? And this guy's response was, like, probably in mental institutions. Absolutely. Because they are not living in Absolutely. the paradigm of today. And so they cannot function within it. They're living, you know, timelines ahead and they'll never be able to actually adapt. So he's like, if you want to see or, you know, he, hate to bring it up because, you know, he's got some strange uh, circumstances around him. But Kevin Spacey with the K-Pax movie it was a strange okay. film. I don't know if you ever watched that, but uh -huh. he ends up as like has all this like kind of like otherworldly knowledge but again he's in a mental institution right and like he's talking about these crazy theories like say the dogon would of like how you can know about these planets or these um solar systems that you can't see they physically can't see um so it's just it always makes me think of that sometimes where i'm like is it an outside influence am i an antenna that's just picking up the signal that's like hey this is how you're going to be today because i'm not sure i like i can try yeah. to get myself out of it but it's really it's really tough. It almost just feels like a filter. But a lot of these things, Brandon, that you're talking about are mixed up into the New Age movement. You know what I mean? Mm, it's yeah. so hard. Yeah. Like people talk about hermetics and, and all the uh, astrology. You know, all it sounds like to me that you're still tapped into a lot of things from that time, but you're you're utilizing it with a different mindset, I guess. So uh, Nailed it. You know you what I mean? Fucking You've nailed this. This is the observation to come to here. Because what a lot of folks would say is, oh, you woke up saying you're going to kill yourself for three months in a row. Yeah. But there, it gets darker after that. Like, that's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. But if you can walk through that and you're strong enough, it's absolutely worth it. There is a power on the other side of that, on the other side of feeling like you can be bamboozled at any moment, or that you're waiting for something, or that you have the power to alter the prison in which you occupy. You All the desire for that shit, people please, everything dissolves instantly. It's this 
cascade of bubbles that just pops all around you. And all that's left is this wide open vista of possibilities. But it's from a place of empowerment. It's not from this sort of wishy, hopey, delusional, unbalanced state from either direction, from being very fearful from what I know about what the oligarch and the lizard turds are doing and shit like that and the shit in the water and the food and the spring. I, I have, you track chemtrails in my journal. I mean, it's, it's, the shit's going on, but you can't stay there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, Howdy talks about this Richard Rose guy, and he talks about a pyramid, and that's really what sort of ascension is, and he uses it as a model of a pyramid, right? You have A and B on the bottom portions, and then you have C at the apex at the top. C can't be reached from here. You need to go up A or B. Either offer an opportunity of experience, let's say religion, uh, and that offers its whole fucking climb and whatever, or science, and that offers its whole climb. Maybe you come to a point where like quantum physicists like Dr. Doug Matsky, he'd be great on your show. Um, this dude is uh, talking about where the marrying of this, and this is his quantum physicist. He's uh, worked for Texas Instruments for 25 years. Wow. Co-wrote, the only guy to co-author a book with Dr. William A. Tiller. And this dude is sitting here talking about angels and shit mm-hmm. and manifesting creatures and the quantum foam and all this. So this Whoa. is where this is meeting, Yeah, is from these disciplines, right? And so this ascension path, you walk it and it's just pyramid. And then on that, on top of that one, when you reach that, there's another fucking pyramid. And then there's another one on top of that. Sort of like the idea of Earth where it's just turtles all the way down. I was just about to say it, man. Yep. Hell yeah. I love that. So it's pyramids all the way up through your extension. And it's like religion and then the physical and then the mental or philosophical, like all of it's mental. But really, this is sort of the path. And as long as you can balance yourself, really, this is the game. This is like the key to all of this shit. And don't listen to me. Go get bamboozled by a few snake oil salesmen like I did. Go get a couple of these entity attachments because you don't think it applies to you. Go do that kind of thing. And then we'll talk about it. But what I mean to say is, is that you can always shift your perception to an opportunity to where you are a sovereign creature. You see dark shit around you all the time, but you know that your energy being in a dark, disempowered state is what contributes to their power. Mm-hmm. So just like the story of the grandfather and his grandson out there that view the two wolves named one named wolf, one named love, one named fear. He says, grandfather, which one grows? And he obviously says, whichever one you feed. So whenever you stop feeding the entity, and I, wow. I talk about a little bit more about how I visualize that, you stop feeding the fear, you stop feeding the entity, it stops growing, and therefore, you're now a whole being. You you don't need that shit anymore. You don't need the carrot on a string that's been leading you through the thousand cuts because this place is rough enough. It's a, just a fascinating perspective to look at. Um that has just changed my life from like a very empowered place. I can see it all now very clearly. And I know that I don't have the answers. I, I operate in this very clear belief. I have one belief, and that is that we all are operating in temporary truths. Um, and that's it. You know, we all have things that we're super certain of right now that mm-hmm. will absolutely change. Oh and then we're going to have another thing that we're super certain of that's absolutely going to change. Absolutely. And that's the only truth that you can count on. But people get hung up on... I mean, whether it's history, we talk about this all the time, like hidden history and the reason why we don't know our history here in the U.S. and right. in Ohio and why they've they've hidden like the Smithsonian and the Ohio History Connection and all these. It's because history right can change when you find new information. It expands upon it doesn't discount what this archaeologist had written about in the past. It adds on to the story. But you want to hold these scholarly achievements and these textbooks and these books that you've already written, when new information comes out, you don't want that information out because it 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 knocks down or or they think it it dis, 
discounts what they've already written or have achieved. And so you don't have this growth of understanding. You have these gatekeepers that are constantly just keeping this information from us. And and it's not allowing us to, to grow because you have to understand where we came from first. And especially here in the U.S., we just don't know our ancient past. And so that's been one of my biggest fascinations with ancient civilizations and spirituality and how, you know, the people that built these amazing structures here in Ohio, there there's this level of consciousness that they had to have achieved along with the Egyptians and the Mayans and all these ridiculous structures that have been built where, you know, they've reached a point of evolution consciously with science. So when you merge those two together right now, we just have material science. That's what everything else is discounted as bullshit or woo-woo. Um, you know, we just don't have the technology to really measure a lot of these things. And so I think once we achieve that kind of spiritual advancement and technological advancement, we can get back to creating unbelievable structures again and, and having a, you know, somewhat of a, a functional society. The Cathars would argue that that is decorating the prison cell and you should do everything you can to make sure that you don't get sent back to this motherfucker again. And I tend to agree with them. But there is a creator in me who feels that there is a balance somewhere in between the fuck it all, burn it to the ground and everything is love and light. Again, that's your C apex, right? This is your your midpoint. And so the pendulum usually swings real far. I don't know about y'all, but whenever I get into something, I go way the fuck into it. And I'm like, yep, this is it. Yeah. And then you swing the pendulum the other way and you have a slap in the other direction. And it's just an interesting uh, process, man. I think it gets, I don't know, more complicated is what I've found, but it's in a simpler way, it gets more complicated. Um, you can see it easier. You know what I mean? So then it's just up to discernment and just it really just choices at that point because there's no sort of like, am I being bamboozled? You're like, yeah, yeah, clearly this is bullshit uh, because I, I can feel it. I know this. I've seen all the sides of it. I need to know to make this mind up at, at this point, which I'm always open to change. And you just stand in your power, dude. You know that you're not a palatable entity for them. You let your light shine so fucking bright, knowing that you're in a prison, knowing that it's for fucking nothing, knowing that maybe NPCs are running around, lizards driving your mom. Just shine your fucking light, you know? Don't be bitter, because uh, you're going to be palatable to those motherfuckers. That's how you do it. You just taste like shit. And how do you do that? Don't buy in any of it. Don't feed it. Beautiful. 100%. I mean, I think last year, before we rebooted the show, I was in a similar place where you were, before we rebooted this show, yeah, you know, we were working on getting the studio wired up and, and the lighting up and it's like, hey, we did all this. And if it just dies, like, I don't know, it was just tough to live with. It was really, really weighing on me for, you know, months there. And how old are you? Right, uh, 41, same age. Dude. Uh, yeah, uh, you may check, you may have already gone through it, which would be honestly be a bonus. I went through it and just thought I was depressed as shit. I didn't, I was like canceling everything. I had a yeah. Friday night live spot on conscious awakening network. I canceled it. I had books. So I was going to publish, cancel them, almost quit the show. Really? All this crazy, like really dark shit, really yeah. dark shit, man. So you were uh, killing it, to the it ground. and then you just gotten that just, what do you think it, it yeah, it, you really think like what pulled you into that? Because, I mean, it sounded like everything was going great for you. You had been rocking for, you know, over two years with the show. You're interviewing all these amazing people. Like what couldn't what could be better? 
Uh, the the zero balance in bank accounts, the mowers breaking and not being able to fix them, yeah. the uh, financial challenges that my wife and I have incurred as of me just walking the fuck out of my job yep. with, you know, draining our savings within 10 months, you know, it's things yeah. like that. So it's, that's been the real challenge. And do you keep yeah. going? And then do you figure out a way to navigate this thing and still do it with a smile? Yeah. And I went back and worked construction for a while. You know, yeah. I mean, I you just figure it out. But it's this process, man. And it's, it's that it's, it's worth it. If you're strong enough, that's, that's the way that I'll say it, you know, and I won't claim to be some fucking extra human, anything, anything other than anybody else will be. But I was not given the opportunity. I feel to choose whether I went through this or not, this was happening either way. Mm -hmm. And it's a strength. You get a strength you didn't know you wanted, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of a thing. And it's, um, it sucks, but it's, uh, but it's the best. I wouldn't change any of it because it slapped me into this realization. It really, really woke me up. Yeah. In, the, in a way that's too powerful to ignore. So I'm grateful and it sucks at the same time, which again boils down to, and this is honestly where I got into this idea of Demiurge shit. I started thinking like all of these concepts before I hadn't really studied Gnosticism much. I had zero idea about Howdy Mikowski. People, oh, you got to get him on, you got to get him on. Never looked at him. Uh, just been busy, you know? And so uh, I finally get to these points in my head and I was, uh, we have a labyrinth out here. I told you I have 12 acres with my wife. I walk barefoot constantly. I'm always fucking barefoot. And um, so we have a labyrinth back here that I mowed and it's like 1300 steps in and out. You go in and we let the natural grasses grow up in spring. It's gorgeous. We get these fucking butterflies and shit everywhere. It's amazing. There's little arches out there. And we walk this thing like, I don't know, several times a day. It's in my journal to do a nature walk uh, for at least an hour. And that's where I do it most of the time. I do it barefoot. I contemplate a lot. That labyrinth got worn thin. If you remember, like, um, who's that duck? Not Donald Duck, was it? The one that was rich, he swam around Scrooge, in the money. Scrooge. Scrooge. Scrooge McDuck. Was it Scrooge? Yeah. yeah. Oh, remember yeah. when he had that fountain and he paced around the thing and he wore the groove in it? Oh, yeah. That's like that was how his this thinking thing room. looked, right? Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. 1,300 steps like that. And so... It was at this time I started sitting here looking at everything. I'm taking inventory. I'm like, why do I feel like this? Why did everything go dark? I couldn't see love. I'm getting this mantra. You're going to kill yourself. I'm fighting it. I'm uh, saying, no, I'm not. You know, all these things. This isn't my voice. Realizing I have a mind parasite. Realizing I'm arguing with something that's not me. And it was at that point I started thinking, oh, I got this image, man, of this thing glued to my back, like from its torso up. And it's glued to my back, hanging over me pumped about every time I get frustrated, pissed, it sees my bank account go to zero. my wife has a panic attack because of what's going on, pumped and just mm, loose all day long. And it got everything it wanted out of Dang. me. And all it needed to do was to keep a carrot in front of me yeah. that was called whatever I'll believe in next. And that carrot kept me going through this grind machine that kept it and amplified it. And once I saw things that way, that's when everything switched. I, I just went to this horrible, huge, deeper depression after that and vowed to just get this fucking thing off me in any way I could. I fed it for a while knowingly, but the difference is I was aware of it. I said, okay, yeah, I know you're there. I see you. I, I'm shining light on you now. You're not going to be there very much longer. I will be strong enough to beat you. I'm standing up already. I'm not going down. I hear you. I'm going to kill myself. Get out of here. Horrible thing after horrible thing after horrible thing happened during this time period, by the way. Young 27-year-old uh, friend of mine, Grady... Grady Keen from the show, he wrote, reached out one day. You guys have these folks where you just talk and he'll send you stuff and cool stuff. And we had him on a show with me and Dave Zed. And he sent me candles that he handmade, 27 years old, um, eight months off of his antidepressants that he was uh, prescribed by, which he didn't fucking need. Um, he goes and celebrates uh, 
checking himself into rehab the night before getting a little bit of coke, wanted to celebrate. Ended up getting fentanyl where he was close to the rehab Jesus. place and died just like that. Oh, Jesus. 27 years old. Jeez. Man. His mom reached out to me and told me That's on terrible. Instagram because we were messaging back and forth. <clears throat> she said, is this Grady's friend? Something happened. And so I called her and we talked. So it's it's this. It's a friend of mine, Paul Clifford. His son committed suicide uh, a year ago in August. And he reached out, didn't know what to do. We've become best friends. We talk uh, every Thursday. He's in Australia, British guy in Australia. We talk two or three uh, times a month. But it's these connections. But I started looking at all this real dark fucking shit here and go, hang on. This is a fucked up place. It's a fucked up place. And I'm not going to spiritually bypass or this like... Um, you know, this optimist, toxic optimism, my way through this shit anymore, because that was a great survival me mechanism for me, but I needed it, dude. I was 18 years old. I was on my own and it lasted me, you know, a damn good long time to care of my grandma, all this crazy shit. And then we get to this point to where now I'm like, the one thing I was looking forward to is bullshit, but it's the best thing I, I've ever heard. It's the darkest thing I've ever heard, but it's the best thing I've ever heard. And again, now I'm in this real... Uh, troll this place, dude. It's it's all a joke. It really is. It's all a fucking joke. And when you can see it that way, it it takes the sting out of it. It takes like the it's it's a horrible joke. It's a grind machine fucking hell reality. And if there was a Christ here, he's already come and gone. This is a post tribulation world, which may attribute to sort of some of the architecture that you're looking at. Uh, especially when you look at the way that they used to number things with an I or a J in front of them. It's not a one. It's not eighteen oh three. That's one. I-03, I-803, which is not even that. And thousand years allegedly was inserted into this shit. And so there's, there's a lot of confusing shit about our history, man. And just like you said, when they say this building was founded, that doesn't mean that's when it was built. That's when they discovered the motherfucker. So it, it's just interesting uh, to look at this place as this hell reality, but then to say, I'm not going to kill myself because this is a dark thing, man. You, you get to some really dark shit. Dear, dear friend of mine, Mark Malone, uh, America 21 project. This dude's um, British guy. He's done more for the U.S. people probably than all of us combined. Honestly, he's given million, you know, or was able to communicate and get communities involved to give millions of acres of farmlands back to farmers. He has uh, gotten people to run in local elections, overtake those elections. Had him on the show. He was uh, friends with Jordan Maxwell's caretaker Brian, and that's how we all met. And uh, just a dear, dear friend of mine. Two weeks ago, uh, after a horrible battle with cancer, his 38-year-old wife with three babies died horribly, horribly. Um, and now he is with three babies on his own after watching his wife, who he moved over to the UK to be in the US and to do all these amazing things for us. This is a shit reality. This is a shit realm. And the, when you can see it that way is honestly when you're empowered. It's not when it's dark. It's not when there's no hope because there is hope. And there is ways that you can get out of this. Plus, I mean, like I said, shining your light bright here is the way to fuck. That is the way when you can see it as a prison and you're smiling and dancing the entire time. It's the idea of the prisoners singing as they're being led to uh, the gas chambers, the Jews. It's that idea. You can't take that spirit away. And once that is installed in you, that's where your sovereignty is found. It's, it's on the other side of anything that you felt that you were dependent upon or hopeful of achieving or anything like that. Give it all away. It's, it's all fucked anyway. It's, a, it's bullshit. When you release, it's honestly when you find everything. It's, you were holding too many things. They were stacked up in your vision. You couldn't see it. So let it all go. You could see very clearly after that. And that's when you could see how many things you were holding, how many stories you were invested in, how many ideas you had that, you, that weren't yours. Mm -hmm. But it takes a decompression like this to, to see it in that way. Tell yourself a lot of stories about who you are, what you are. 
Oh God! What your family is what? Oh, yeah. Where Take you actually came place. from? Yeah, you you build your your ego up to this thing that's like not even yourself. Um, that, I mean, that's something I've been working on for a long time is like trying to get to the essence of, and you hear a lot of, you know, woo woo term, your higher self and these, but there is some truth to that where, you know, you really got to kind of let go of all the, and, you know, psychedelics is a good way to kind of break through some of that meditation, of course. Um, but you know, it's good to freak yourself out every now and then it's good to go somewhere like our buddy Roa that just went backpacked through Mexico and visited like, I don't know, 12 or 13 Mayan pyramids and yeah. had never been out awesome. of the country. And, you know, that we had him awesome. on the show and told his whole story about taking mushrooms and going underneath, um, one of the pyramid complexes in this cave system and meditating and, you know, feeling the, the hum of the earth and coming out of the cave and there's the pyramid. And he had no clue, like, what was really going on. Um, wow. and, and so, you know, you can put yourself in a situation every now and then. Like, right now, I need that. I need to just go freak myself out or put myself in a, you know, Bub and I went to Sedona in 2010 and did a mm-hmm. whole road trip together. And and that was one of the that jumping nice. off. So I like to put myself in weird situations or go to some kind of a trip or um, literally a trip sometimes. Um, yeah. To just shake yourself out of this day to day routine, day to day routine, and and like Run you said, patterns. You know, some people would say, "Well, you're looking at the world very negatively, Brandon. You're not. You don't seem like you have a very positive outlook on what this reality is." Uh, and but not. that's reality to me. I mean, look around. You you kind of have to be a realistic pessimist in a way. You're not really. You can be optimistic about your life and where you're heading, and um, but you know it is kind of a reality that right now what what we're experiencing, and there's a lot of good and love in the world too. Let's not discount that. Um, you know, it's, I think it's just about living it rather than like the story that this is how it's going to be when you live it. Yeah. Why can't I? It's like Forrest Gump. Like you know, who are you going to be when you grow up? He's like, aren't I going to be me? Like, I'm going to just live my life. Like, what kind of life do I, what story of a life do I need to live? Or what experience of a life do I have? Like, I just want to experience it. Can I just do that without having all these preconceived notions of how I have to do it or what road I need to take to get to certain endpoint B that then I've actually made the right selection? Like, there's no way this is all just a crapshoot and one, you have to pick the right, you know, deity or path to get to the right endpoint. This isn't Plinko like, you know, price is right and, you know, we're all aiming for that $10,000 slot and maybe a few yeah. put the Plinko chip in the right spot. I don't think that's the way it shakes out. Um, so to me, I, I was finding it interesting how he was saying, you know, like, what is this place? What, you know, what is actually going on here? Back to almost like the Edward K- Edgar Casey type, you know, predetermining your life before you insert yourself into this realm and come here and experience it. But you're... It doesn't sound like you're of that thought process. What? Where do you think we come from then? Where Where do our souls come from? Where do our internal drivers come from? Because I agree with that again. That I always think of the little men in black guy in the in the brain. You know, he's driving it yeah. around. Like there's somebody up here driving me around. You know. Yep. I don't disagree, and it's to that line again in Dark City. We we know you. We use your dead as vessels. So one could again say that when you're in this lower state that you're being driven, you know, and you can see again, uh, all these folks out there just going absolutely apeshit for allegedly no reason. And what do they say? Oh, he wasn't himself. Oh, they weren't themselves. I was outside of myself. I blacked out completely. Maybe this is what missing time is. They need to borrow your body for a little bit. Sure. You're the closest agent and they 
Mr. Smith into you, took you on some fucking crazy adventure and brought you back. And that's yeah. what the stains on, you know, Betty Hill's dress are. I don't know. Yeah. I can get and down I with that. No... Mm-hmm. But I was yeah, wondering, I what That'd do you think fun. of what we are? Like you right now, not being in that lower state, me as not in a lower state, Mike, as you know, that question, the, 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 where did, where did my consciousness come from? You know? I have no clue and I don't even know what consciousness means or is or anything. And this is, this is when we talk about the um, unity consciousness idea and that we're all one and everything like that. I can look at any of the things and poke holes in all of them. And this is an issue for me, even in the howdy, uh, this Gnostic idea that you're going to be hard sold with these, um, you know, like, uh, what are they called? Timeshare archons that are in there to dress like your grandma and you've got a throat puncher. You've got a, you know, Manifest the knife of Vishanti and then cut your way out of the matrix. This is the advice, by the way. You've got to go through a recapitulation. You've got to basically take and go back through every step of your life and make sure you have no regrets whatsoever. Now, in my mind, again, that's a big commitment, let's say, for time. And it could also be an avenue of descent. I don't rule out that the way that I'm currently investigating this reality is absolute bullshit. I'm very much a subscriber to temporary truths. Fair enough. But the idea of where we come from has changed in my mind so much. I have no clue. You know, it's that uh, Roy idea. Is this just the game Roy and, and Rick and Morty and you're just playing something? Is this that when you die, you know, you put the bong down and you're an alien and you go, that was crazy. Uh, is it a simulation in the running amul- ancestor simulations as Nick Bostrom, you know, says and this is just that. And I, I have issues, though, with anything in any direction that I think about it, just like yeah. I did with religion. When you look at it, I don't see a reason why God would give you free will, punish you for all eternity. I don't see why would God would create a hell knowing past, present, future and send this many souls to a place destined to go do so anyway. The Bible has been picked through. The Bible actually shows you in Scripture that it's the devil running the show here. It's right. in Scripture. If you read it right, I did this on Tenfold Hat a couple years ago. You read several points of scripture that shows you this is an inverted reality. Everything is here is inverted, including what people think their God is. So when you can usurp that, then you get to the unity consciousness thing. Cool. Okay, so I signed a contract to come here. This is a school I'm learning, and uh, reincarnation is like 99.9% certainty. I don't disagree with that. Uh, I'm leaning heavily towards that that is a high percentage of likelihood that we just get recycled here Mm -hmm. or food, um, and that's why we can't remember. I feel that it's a consideration that mm-hmm. some people will subscribe to that this is a nice place and that they signed up <clears throat> with a contract to come here and to, let's say in some individuals, cases get raped over and over by their father and right. their brothers right. and then to get sent out into a crack house. But you know what? They have a contract here and they're better off for it. Um, Howdy kind of points out, you know, and some others will point out to the school analogy. And I used to think this too. I bought these hook, line and sinker. Yeah, yeah. And this is why from this perspective, looking at it 90 degrees off, it looks a lot different. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Whenever you look at it as a school, one simple thing, stinging nettles. If you're out to make stinging nettle tea, you need gloves to grab those things. Why can't you remember that from lifetime to lifetime? Why do you need to sting your hands every single time that you reach out for that one particular plant that we find here on earth if the story goes we do reincarnate and all that stuff? Why yeah. do you have to find out well, that snakes <clears throat> are venomous? You know, Why do you have to rediscover simple things that really could make this a school? Why don't I remember my last life? And then apply that information consciously here. Mm-hmm. I don't have access to it. Right. And that's that's kind of the whole idea of ascended masters, whether it's Buddha, Jesus. Uh, you know, you have—I'm sure you've come across this kind of stuff in New Age, like the, the White Brotherhood material and, 
some yeah. of the Blavatsky stuff where they're, you know, talk about Metatron and these beings that were flesh and blood, whether it's Thoth and all these kind of Atlantean type beings where, or Horus or Osiris where you're done reincarnating. Once you've achieved a certain level of consciousness, now you can come back into the earth and these beings come back over time. They give us knowledge. They give us architecture. They give us these things, but they can remember because they went through the hero's journey and ascended into this higher consciousness realm. So when they're born back here, they remember all those memories, whereas we're constantly being recycled and we have to figure it out all over again. Again, just ideas that I've always thought were interesting and strange. Um, but, you know, they have a whole list of these these ascended masters. Right. And it's just weird stuff that it's like. That's what I say. I'm, I'm, I'm of the subscription that I just at this point, I think I've checked out so many things that I just don't know anymore. No. Yeah. Because yeah, I yeah, could, yeah, like yeah. you said earlier, like Hold you could that. get down with this. You could get down with that a little bit. You can see the flaws from this far away in yeah. that. But the. You can take little pieces to borrow from each of them. And even religion, I'm not a very religious person, but I'll take a little bit from here or there, right? But I'll shoplift anything that I think is a good quality or characteristic or trait or mantra going forward, right? That if I can use those and build them together for my journey up the pyramid ascension, right? But, uh, like, I, I really, I don't know. I just, I don't know what the game is. I don't know if no. it's a school that I'm being recycled through for for to be a food source for. I don't know if we're just a Are game in hell. I don't already? know if we're a reality show for aliens. Like I don't simulation. know. Simulation. I just don't know. Seems what more we likely are. that we're in some kind of a simulation. I mean, if all the new stuff coming out with. But I know that I feel like I'm something. I feel like I'm unique. <clears throat> I feel like whatever I am, and I know that you are inside you and as well, right? Like even for the people that I think are NPCs, maybe they're just, you know, that's that's their quality. I don't know. I don't know how to yeah. put it. But I can't wrap my head around the finite concept of I, I pass away and this is it, and I really can't understand infinite. So where's in between that it that makes goes, me feel okay about? It just goes black. I, I don't, don't understand that. the time. Like time is probably one of the biggest things to wrap your head around. Even beyond, is there another life or this or that? Time. If not there real. is, is that just one more life? Do you get two or three more lives? What? Do you know what I mean? Like when does it stop? Oh, yeah. When? Because nothing really stops. We go to sleep. We wake up. The day's still going. Right. Like we take these little pauses, but you know, since the Maybe. word go, I everything's been running. Right. For us. How deep do you want to go? I want to Maybe. go deep. The, the only thing that you can prove for you is what you see. So right now, you can't prove I exist at all. Right now, you can't prove um, anything outside of your vision that you see is real at all. You're seeing Fair. a reflection in a monitor showing you what's behind you, but that might not, might not be true at all. Your vision could be very limited in a cone type of way, and there's shit going on, all, all kinds of strings being pulled right around you. Brain in a vat idea to where you're just being fed electronic signals. That's it. What will really trip you out is when you start work, looking at how your mind works as far as how it receives signals, contemplates them, then reveals them to you. Your right. mind thinks about what you're being shown before you actually see it, air yep. quotes. But if you look at the way your RAS, your reticular activating system works, there's four, it's a bundle of neurons in your mind, in your brain rather. Uh, there are four different functions and it mainly does uh, melatonin releases, things like this. The one I find fascinating is what, how it governs your perception and how it does so. The clinical definition for this is that it filters out useless information as to highlight or present useful information. Now, the only challenge with that, accepting that is, a, oh, yeah, that sounds good. It's what it does, but the challenge is that is the two subjective words were being used there, useful 
and use less. Yep. Used to determine what that is. Your tip of your nose is visible to you all the time, 100%, but none of you consciously see it because your RAS, your reticular activating system, finds it useless, which I think most of us would agree, but it's still there. But it omits it from your perception as to not be a distraction from your experience. But who's to say what's a distraction from your experience? Now, if you focus on it, you can glance down and now you can include the tip of your nose in your vision anytime you'd like. But it's omitted on purpose by your mind, unbeknownst to you unconsciously. If you look at things this way, then you're saying, okay, well, what's useful and what's useless? Once you redefine those things for you, that's when your reality changes. And this is where they will get you with the things of, oh, your reality would change what you want me, you can manifest and all this. Because yes, biochemically, when you start to look around, you will change when you, you know, change the uh, way you look at things, the things you look at change, right? That Dwayne Dyer quote. And it's accurate because let's say, for instance, we all know this and it's not just your phone doing this. You can do this in the, in the wild out here. You're shopping for a car, right? Let's say it's a blue Tesla. It's just a great example. You don't see many blue Teslas, okay? But if you're shopping for one, you're going to see them driving around all over the fucking place. Why is that? Did you manifest it into your reality because this is a simulation? Or were there that many per capita driving around, but your reticular activating system is now more active to them, and so it picks them up and omits things that are useless because, like other cars, perhaps other colors of Teslas, uh, because it finds it useless information. It's not what your mind's on. If you look for fear and you look to be scared, you're going to see it all over the fucking place. That's all this place is wired to do is to show you what you think is going on. But what you think is going on is most of the time absolute horseshit. And as long as you're willing to admit that, that's where the real game changer is. You just admit it. Yeah, 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 I'm in surrender. Yeah, this place is designed to fuck with me and it's done a great job. None of us have been spared this, none of us. Mm-mm. That then makes me feel like it's for something else. If we want to go the altruistic, it's a school and we're doing great and just crushing it, whatever. Cool, I, I really had fun with that idea, but now entertaining it as the ultimate possibility is not. Now that this... Uh, this is a parallel um, possibility in my mind, but frightening as fuck. So that's when it grounds you. You know what I'm saying? This is what it did for me. It just grounded the piss out of me. I'm not depressed in any way. I'm actually the most optimistic I've ever been. We can, we'll shout it out real quick, but I've got an event that I'm setting up next year. My first one, I'm going to four events. Um, and many, like I, I'm, I keep turning down invites to go to Egypt and shit. Uh, the books are doing great. We have three more and published very soon. Um, the show's crushing. Like I'm having a blast and all of it kicked off right after I just got rid of everything. I dropped it all. I was willing to give the show up. I almost did. I was, I I told my wife I wanted a divorce. Um, there's like everything stripped away guys. Um, but it was at that point, that's, that's when I could see it very, very clearly. And I, I was shown that the happiness I had wasn't real. It wasn't, it was false as fuck. And it was based on an ideal that was so inaccurate that just to entertain it further was the reason of my despair. And so I just abandoned it altogether. And that's when things changed. Nice. Wow. That's wild. That's so wild. I'm so happy for you, man. Yeah. For Thank sh- you. Like, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I know everybody's going through their own shit. And it's, yeah. all of us experience Reach out, y'all. how shitty everything is around you and how bad it may seem. But it's different for everybody in a different way. And I can look at Bub or you and go, well, psh, your problems aren't near as bad as my problems. And but as they say, the worst thing it, that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. You can't. Yeah, it's hard to understand or it's really. Subjective. Yeah, it for sure, for sure. But it and, is you know, there like are, you're saying. You're like, 
is mine worse or theirs isn't as bad as like it's all about that like it's all relative right but the big thing too is like to not like that's where the whole like don't compare yourself to people you can in some ways but if you start thinking like oh my life sucks because somebody like that's the facebook trope that's the instagram trope everybody's smiling in their pictures or this or that and like they get done snapping that picture and they go right back to grinning frowning whatever they're like not happy in the photo you're being sold a fake reality and a lot of that stuff that then makes you like feel like your life is less adequate or something you know it's that's why i got rid of facebook i don't look at that kind of stuff i don't care about that but it does it messes with your head too of like how do you weigh that out the way that it used to work for me was just going into work and then i would see people that were in way off you know way worse shape than i was because i was working in a hospital and they were very sick people and that instantly every day was like it was tough though because then i couldn't have any problems I couldn't feel bad for myself right? because I'm working with people that definitely are in a worse state than I am. Yep. So I left myself no ground to feel bad about anything. It was really interesting, but it's a self-imposed trap. Yes. He was yeah, trapped. All too. of these are everywhere you look. It's, it's not real everywhere you look. And as long as you can, again, see it as not real, you call bullshit on it. It fades away like the scuttery little nasty thing in the dark. You just go, fuck off. I see you. Well, I, I quit my you. job. I know how you're fucking mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah see, <clears throat> exactly. You'll free yourself from these things little by little. And it's it's these little victories that are what to hang on to. And really just go through and troll this motherfucker. I'm having a blast now. I've got a little fart thing I told you all about here. <laughs> <laughs> For the audio only audience. There you go. Um, it's this little pooter tutor. You can get them online. Um, great in elevators. Uh, highly recommend. It's just a little thing. You can look up Leslie Nielsen doing this on interviews he was on. So I'm grateful to carry that tradition on here. But really, it's just about trolling this place. It's about having a blast with it because it's so fucking fake. And to know that the monsters or the whatevers have to create such an elaborate reality to fool you tells me with no reason to believe so that you are extremely powerful and that you are dangerous as shit. Now I've never felt more dangerous now is because I'm so, and I don't, and this is not like tooting horns. This is like seeing this place in a, in a empowering light. And maybe you don't need to take this path through the darkness to get to that point. Some people may just possess this, but really seeing the balance because I swung the pendulum hard both ways. I was, mm-hmm. I was for it, dude. I was going all in on this shit, but on the other side of it is this fun light Oh, you don't have to take this place so seriously. Oh, I do see it that way. I'm just not going to be a participant in it. And you do this by turning off the TV. You do this by not fucking voting. Uh, Get out of the uh, bird, the left-wing, right-wing, Democrat, Republican bullshit. It's not for you. If you want to do anything actionable, really look into what your rights are. Start reading the Constitution. See that you're an actual sovereign being that is signed up under a parasitic thing called the United States of America, which is not even real. It's a corporation. It's a 10 mile by 10 mile square in DC that you're automatically assigned with your birth certificate at birth. If you really want to break out of an actual prison here, look at that. There are plenty of actionable things that you can do here that with knowledge and empowering yourself, you're not stuck anymore. And all it is, is calling it out for its bullshit. That's it. It's all here. When you really start to go down the trail of this sovereign thing, and I'm not going to say sovereign citizen because those two words are Uh, That's an oxymoron. A citizen is a slave. And so when you start seeing this and you go down that, you start seeing ways out. You're just like, holy shit, this is a voluntary system. I'm signing up for this, but I wasn't aware of it. Then you start to take inventory on all the other things that you were signing up for that you weren't aware of. You're under contracts here all around you. 
but all you have to do is see them, cancel them, move on, get your energy back to you in whatever way you want to visualize that. If you're not a freaky woo-woo person, that's fine. I'm not necessarily either. I've never been contacted by anything. I've never seen a UFO. I don't have an archangel. I don't have a guide that I'm aware of, any of that shit. I'm not in touch, but I do feel that there's something bigger going on because it's so hidden. Uh, and that's honestly what I've been looking for here is the untruths. It's a great movie called Dogma by Kevin Smith. It was oh, dude. one of the coolest movies by him. It's not streamed anywhere, but yeah. you can get it on Amazon. You can get a scratch DVD. There's an interesting story about that, why it's not streamed, too. Why? For another uh, day. Well, I, oh. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, there's a line in that movie that I live by. I watched this movie. You know, It came out um, late 90s, I want to say, 99, something like yeah. that. Um, same year as Matrix. Uh, and it, it comes out, and there's a line in there by a character named Rufus, played by Chris Rock. And they're on a train and she starts talking to him about different ideologies and things. And he says, look, I have ideas, not beliefs, because ideas are easier to change. And I've lived my life that way. I honestly can tell you I have very little to no beliefs. I don't run me colors up the mast, as my friend Mark Ollie would say. I don't plant my flag. I'm not somebody who's this is what it is because I've shattered so many of my own temporary mm-hmm. truths because I go balls deep. That wasn't right. Okay, cool. Let's run down this tunnel. Okay. That wasn't right. Okay. Like I'm so fluid and open that it doesn't lock me into any one ideology. So that's right. why when you ask, I'd like to be optimistic about it, but I'm not going to be a fool for that. I'd like to say right. that we're awesome spiritual beings, but <clears throat> also I don't fucking know. Agreed. I'm not giving any insight Agreed. to that. Yep. So all I can go with is what my observation is. And again, to bake your noodle, you can't prove history exists at all outside of your experience. Maybe it started from the moment you became conscious. Just like in Dark City, you were never a child at all. Maybe you just were implanted with these memories. We were taken at this developmental stage in our life. And over the last three years, what we've experienced is a huge shift. Mandela effects, UFOs coming in is really the evidence that we're not where we should be. Maybe it's 2012 thing where CERN kicked on and it killed all of us and we're all too ignorant to realize it and we're all dead and we're just floating around in this place in a dead reality continuing to create reality together because it happened so traumatically and instantly. Right. We're we're all ghosts locked into... The, the, that just blew my mind for yeah. a minute. Like we're all Bruce Willis. Maybe we're in the all ghosts sense. in a machine. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe this is a simulation and we are conscious beings, which is why we feel so torn here, why you feel so homesick and you can't explain it. Why you know something's fucked up here, but such an elaborate tapestry is put around you to deceive you from that fact. Maybe it's altruistic. I don't rule it out as a possibility, but let's say that you are in some sort of mental cocoon or some physical cocoon in another body. Let's say we are lizard turds or dinosaurs or some shit. We chose to come in and play this game because we're actually in some stasis and we're traveling from one place in the universe or a dimension or a galaxy to another, but it's such a long distance that we have sort of this cryo chamber idea. You're then given a mental game to play and that's what we're doing here but it also powers the ship which is what the loosh component is holy so smokes maybe that's what, what mm-hmm. maybe. i don't know i've I never mean, heard all that all. that's wild i mean it makes sense i mean if you were going on a long trip and you're like hey you got to keep your body physically you know fit. you've got to keep your brain physically fit you know and mentally fit so like this is a giant gym Mental Maybe, gym. Yeah, mental gym, right. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to break a... I'd like to break a mental sweat, too, right? You know, from Dodgeball when he's got the dictionary. Are you reading the dictionary? <laughs> I'd like to break a mental sweat, too. Dwight Goodman. God, what a classic. Awesome. I'm saying, this place is nuts, man. And like you said, the more you research it, the more you go down into it. My show is named Aptly. Expanding reality is expanded the shit out of my reality to the point to where I'm not sure what reality is. I'm not sure that we ever will know. Um... And that's where I'm at with it, honestly. You'd think it'd be a terrifying place, and it is at some points. But just keep your shit together. You know, um, steady on. 
and be grounded. Walk outside with your bare feet. If this is a demiurge reality, he created dogs. There's there's cool shit here to enjoy, guys. There's right. this is not a hopeless place. Even with all the dumb shit you see going on around you, ignore it. Check that shit off. I was you're, thinking you're fucking so much more powerful than that. I was thinking too. It's interesting because you're saying you know that we can look on kind of the the macroscopic level of like we look out to the cosmos and what's going on and how is all this being created and then we can go and do what you did earlier which you said earlier um which is look inward which really reminded me of nietzsche and he talks about the labyrinth of the human mind and going within that labyrinth of the human mind is the minotaur and as the you know as man descends into his own mind he finds his own demons and monsters in these dark pathways and that's why most people do not like to introspect no. They do not want to look at themselves. They don't want to break themselves <clears throat> down. And so I think that's a very good well, starting point. That's what, and then you can go and look out a little further once you've dealt with yourself and gone internally because I've done the same thing. That's I mean, what 95% of bad, quote, bad trips are. Is super when introspective. You're looking into yourself. You're like, oh, my God, I don't want to look at that. I sure. have this problem. The, the whatever substance is, is revealing and showing that back to you. And, you know, it, it's a case of, yeah, you probably ate too much, but it's it's also a case of you didn't have your shit together before you walked into this session. You didn't have intentions. Yeah. You had, well, you know. You weren't comfortable. You, you've never done self-introspection either, you, maybe. Right. And it's showing you <laughs> too quickly yeah. your flaws back at you. And that's where it starts to go south where people just can't pull themselves out of it. Yeah. And, you know, next thing you know, you're at Bonnaroo at the, at the hospital, at the Bonnaroo doctor <laughs> freaking out at a festival. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I, it, yeah, it's funny you say that. I, please go ahead. No, uh, you. I was just going to say, I'm not doing um, psychedelics anymore. I'm on uh, cannabis, caffeine, nicotine. That's it. Uh, that is where I'm at. I don't take pills. I don't, uh, any, any of that kind of shit. I quit drinking two and a half years ago. And that, that was the thing. Um, I smoked DMT for the first time, which shout out, uh, Adam Butler. You guys are about to have him on, right? Yeah. Adam, uh, yeah. what's up, brother? Adam Hell Butler. Yes. Love him. Yeah, Love you, dude. Um, I did, did smoked DMT for the first time this year. It was wild and incredible. Uh, ayahuasca the year before that, and then a lot of you know psychedelic experiences in very various ways before that. And now I'm really looking at them differently. I see that in my DMT experience, I was interacting with something. There were entities there. They were all over there asking me to do shit. I consented to all of it. But I'm not going to say that I understand the intentions of that world. And this is something Adam and I talked about in the episode is this idea of like, how do you know how to navigate that place? There's so much, you're going underwater to spend time with mermaids. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And that's their realm. That's their world, right? They have a, they have a leg up there. Something we also mentioned is that in the recapitulation, sort of this understanding of your life and how things may work here, just even as uh, Pascal's wager, even just to toss it in just to make sure it's not, um, this idea that this is sort of an energetic realm where you are being siphoned off of, then outside of time, these entities can drive you knowing that, ooh, just up ahead, he doesn't see it because he can't see three weeks ahead, You're something bad's going to happen right here, and I'm going to get a ton of loose off this motherfucker, but I'm going to poke the string. I'm going to make sure that a friend that they're, they've also got the parasite of me in is going to contact them, fuel this in some way. And this is where drama circles happen. This is when all this shit happens. And you can see just little entities playing these puppets like strings. This is what I think this twin flame idea is all about is that, oh, yeah, boy. you, you and this thing have something going on and it's all toxic. And, uh, and that's, that's sort of the contract that you signed up for, um, is, is sort of this idea, but it's not you, it's, it's you, consenting 
with a contract of some sort because you're not saying no to it or not asking it the right questions, which who knows what that is. I had a guy on uh, Andrew Benjamin. He said, the answer to life is the mastery of questions. I thought that was brilliant. I just committed it to memory because if you're asking these things the right questions, again, back to the Reiki thing. Um, I asked her, I said, so how do you know your guide's intentions? How do you know that he is not a parasitic entity that's giving you manufactured feelings of goodness so that you Reiki over people get bad feelings that come up, which is admittedly what occurs. Oh, they get bad things released. They feel like shit. They cry all this stuff. They bring it all to the surface and I take it away and I feel great and they feel great. Well, cool. What happens in the meantime? Where does that shit go? How does it work? How are you a vessel and a conduit for something that you haven't asked any questions to, in my mind, the right questions to? There's just a lot of, oh, I'm being contacted with something, so it must be altruistic. That's where I start. That's when you've got to question the most, I think. They're operating in a realm that they're so familiar with that can manipulate everything in this place, including and not limited to the way you perceive, think, feel, actually hear in your mind. There's a an agreement that you make that that you are fully driven by this damn thing, and it's going to get what it wants because that's its job. It sets this place up for you to experience these things, but again, outside of time, I think, so it can see how if it drives you, oh, cool, I'll get some there, 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 there. Yeah, mom dies down there. I'm going to hang on to this thing. And along the way, as a Reiki teacher, I'm going to plant myself into all of these little things as well and drive them around also. It, I can't unsee it like this. So therefore, I'm not consenting to any more practices of any type. I'm not interested in psychedelics of any type. The last two times that I did mushrooms, I hated it. It was full of anxiety. I've never had that happen. It feels like I'm not... I outgrew the realm is what I'll say. I don't doubt it's, um, you've heard the call. You got to hang ability. up the phone. Yeah. Maybe that's it. You yeah. know, um, I, it did tremendous things for me and yeah. I, I credit my perspective to that and all of that, but I am not doing psychedelics anymore. It's yeah. just a, now is this like, an, in, is this a permanent with. or is this like, you know what? No, nah, nothing's permanent. It's a temporary truth. Fair it's enough. just where he I'm was at saying right that. Yeah. You know what? I should have known better than even ask a question like yeah. that with you from temporary what you laid truth. on us the whole time. Not I should all, have rerun that one. It's a good question to ask because you need to check, right? The price for freedom is ever vigilance. And if I'm inconsistent with my answers, then you'd be able to tell some really revealing things there. And so that's a fair point. I, that's a fair point. I don't, um, so check me. I don't mind. Well, I do um, want to ask you. I don't mind saying I want to ask you one thing for sure, because we've talked about a lot of it, but we haven't really discussed about it. Like, so we've touched on trying to figure out what we are, what this place is. What, with all of the conversation going on, do you feel about the possibility of there being non-human intelligences, other life forms? What does that do to your equation when you start to bring in, are we not alone? Does that change your perspective on it as far as the overall thesis, or does it... Do you know what I mean? Does it change things I for do. you? Because I do know what you mean. Go ahead, please. No, I, that was all I had on that. I, uh, I do. I knew know exactly what you mean. And actually, do I have the ability to share screen here? Is that a thing we can do? Um, if not, don't worry about it. This is I on the fly, so don't worry about it. Yeah, I don't think. How about so. this? Let's let's just ask this question. Um, where do you guys lie on? The, the really, because I feel that this question about the extraterrestrial phenomena is a question about what reality is itself. So you're asking the right questions. Absolutely. Fair enough. So let's just explore a couple of those. So 
if for the globe model folk, for if you're thinking we're a ball in space and that's NASA's uh, got its shit together, it's doing the right thing and you're pumped about it, um, and we're a ball in space, then the idea that other things can come to this place from other planets is where you start, right? You start with this nuts and bolts concept of that we're on a planet. Other things, there are obviously maybe other planets out there. We can see a moon, so there has to be other things. So therefore, it gives you the idea, presupposes in you mentally and reinforced in society, uh, that um, this is an expansive place. It's a never-ending space, uh, and there's uh, gravity and all kinds of shit going on. And we went to the moon. The moon's a place you can go, and we went there. If you follow all of that, then there are a few options you can entertain. You've got the coming from somewhere else, nuts and bolts perspectives, which eventually you're going to hop out of that and see that the paranormals in some way uh, tied to this as well. And then you're going to get into the um, idea that it's uh, interdimensional, which then will lead you to time travel. Mm-hmm. Having Dr. Michael P. Masters on like first year, dude, it was awesome. His book, um, Identified Flying Objects, talks about this and he's a biological anthropologist. So he talks about humanoids and all that kind of stuff. And he anthropomorphizes uh, anthropologically that these things are us from the future. Yep. So if you take that into account, now we've got time travel involved. Now, if you, I asked them the question, I said, well, what if, uh, you know, what if it is time travel, you know, based on your thesis and all the nuts and bolts people are being told that they're from Zeta Reticuli or right. the 80s or whatever, yep. um, because it's far and vast and we can't get there because science says we can't. And so it doesn't matter that they tell them that, but also it hides the fact that there's a technology called time travel, which would change everything, right? It only takes somebody a couple of seconds to think about the implication of what that would do. And so if, if you ponder things in that level, then yeah, there's a lot of deception even from these entities themselves, whatever that is. I don't trust any of it, any of it, okay? Um, I do lean more on that it's archons in suits, basically. They're just gin that have changed into something that you expect to see. This is why people standing next to one another will have two completely different stories or observations to relay back after the experience is over. Oh man, I saw this demon. It was fucking crazy. My Christian friend said, oh, I saw this demon and it was wild. My other Christian friend said, my other non-Christian friend said, no, I saw an owl. It was standing right there, you know, and then it turned into a gray. So their ability to apprehend your perspective uh, for everything in the phenomenon, even with two witnesses standing there to be subjective like that, what is that about? It's unaltruistic is what it is in my mind, first and foremost. If you've got to hide, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Um, same with like God and Messiah and all that shit. I feel like if you've got to hide, what's going on? So this is why, again, it, it's sort of, I'm, again, a, not a direct contactee. So I don't have some sort of good feeling to fall back on here. But I have a powerful feeling to fall back on that I'm not affected by it negatively. So when looking again at the UFO phenomena and these entities and all of that shit, maybe it's somewhere in between all of that. Again, maybe it's just archons phasing into this place. Boom, boom, boom. This is what we look like for now. Boom, boom, boom. Another thing, if you follow sort of the idea that time travel is real and that stacked time, which is one, I think, more efficiently way to look at it. Mike Ricksecker, um, also amazing dude, talks about this in his latest book, Travels Through Time. He's great. Um, and he talks about this stacked time idea to where it's really stacked on top of each other. And this is where you get ghosts and imprints and things like that, possibly UFOs as well, is because they're just phasing in to this time. It's almost like a low-tech thing, or maybe there are points on the earth to where this can occur. And um, you can sort of see different realms or different times uh, where like, let's say a Bigfoot was walking around, but really it's a million years in the future from now, but you're getting a glimpse of it because there's a time phase and stacked time. And for some reason, there's a hole right there and you can just see it. 
the the other idea to this would be that it's all military, that there's no such thing as extraterrestrials at all, and that it's a closed system, if you do believe in flat Earth, or that it's a globe and we can't do anything, and that the military has made up and invented this entire story and is using it for whatever, psychological, like anything else here, it's perception management. And so which what the whole disclosure thing is. It's all perception managed, which is why the military talking about it. They're already positioning it as a threat, which yep, will tie into Project absolutely. Bluebeam and shit, right? <clears throat> it's, it's, it's so many theories, um, and I've loved them all. I love them all. It could be any of it. It could be none of it. It could be all of it. Uh, one of the things, though, I was going to pull up here that maybe you guys can just check out on your own is Terra Infinita. Uh, I've got the book somewhere back there. I'd grab it, but it's got a picture of what looks like a cell, you know, like a body under a cellular body under a microscope with all these little things in it. When you zoom in on it, you realize that what the author and artist are depicting is their version of a possibility of what this realm is, which is more of a cell, um, which then leads to this fractal nature of as above, so below, right? And if you look at it that way, the way that he's got it laid out, it includes earth and the Asimov sort of Middle Earth, um, we're here, and then the ice wall, and then another landmass, and an ice wall, and then circles, though, outside of that that are considered extra land, which is what extraterrestrials are, right? They're from extra land. So if you're picturing it this way, then this is an infinite plane in either way, okay? Uh, more of a simulation. If you want to look at it like that, I think that we have trouble conceptualizing this just due to the programming, and it's so fucking good. And so when you can entertain these things, even just as a philosophical concept, oh sure, then you start to say extraterrestrial may be something just right over here, flying over here. And yeah, there is a place called Mars, but it's a landmass over there with these weird looking creatures and they do have technology, but everyone agrees that us here where we are, it's sort of like that movie, uh, The Village by M. Night Shyamalan. Have you ever seen that? Yep. Um, no fly zone over it. They have a certain narrative that all the people have to talk about. So if you were mm -hmm. a Pleiadian that lived just over the ice wall from a place called Pleiades, you have a contract to come fuck with or genetically alter or it's your sex slave. And so you knock it out and fuck it or whatever, which there are stories of that. Um, then that's your deal with it. Then whenever you interact with it, then you go tell Billy Meyer, hey, we're not from a landmass over here. We're from a star way the fuck out there. And you can't get there because we're on a spaceship and shit. But it's not the truth at all. They're a thousand miles over there. When you start to consider the extra land concept, that's when things really go nuts when you talk about scarcity resources and it, it dissolves the economy and all that kind of shit because it's not scarce. This is why Antarctica is so well protected, why all the countries of the world, the ones that have signed the Antarctic Treaty, can agree on one thing. You shouldn't go down there. You shouldn't go down there. Yeah. They can agree on that. But they oh, can't God. Agree on now you thing. started it. Now you started it. I got to know more about that. So yeah. Is that what's going on with Antarctica? Is the ice wall real? <clears throat> I, is that where it's at? I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't well, seen it. But no, from I what I'm saying, say, from the reports, and this is kind of the the, the, the tenets, right? As the story right? goes. Yeah. Yeah, as the story goes. this I'm is Because Flat Earth Society more takes this place as a dome, okay, where they're talking about, yeah, it's Flat Earth, yeah, cool, 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 but it's an energetic dome and you can't get out, right? And then they cut in clips of Bill Nye telling people, this is Earth is a closed system, you can't leave Earth. And he said this as a quote. So if Wait, you take he said all of these this? little things... Bill Nye, the Earth is a closed system. You cannot leave Earth. Wait, he said that flat out in like a uh, like a Sunday morning special or like yeah, a you can. I'm sure. Okay, Stoner, I'm gonna check that out. That's Stoner cool. can Google this yeah. shit right now and pull the audio. It's a that long of a clip, as long as it took for me to say it. Wow. Uh, Earth is a Bill Nye saying Earth is a closed system. We can't leave the Earth, and then they slow it down. Earth is a closed. <laughs> right. Anyway, so they're like really emphasized. The video did. So the idea though that goes is that there is. 
if there is a South Pole, which that's the whole point, is that there's not one. Um, that this place is a landmass with a mountain at the middle, um, this amazing black mountain where the four rivers pulse and undulate, the toroidal field that creates our reality that also creates your reality by you that's a biofield emitted by you. Um, operates in the same way and tunes into this. It is reset every now and then with something that Jason uh, Bershears calls the Phoenix Cycle. Um, it does get a flush every now and then. The plasma apocalypse theories that people talk about are kind of a nod to this. If you, again, follow this, this realm gets a lot more interesting. It's so much more fun than living on a ball. It's <laughs> it also because it's so pushed so heavily. and We don't have time to go into NASA's bullshit and how much they are lying to you. It, but the point is, is that they're obviously lying to you. And we could spend five hours proving that and, and just go watch a funny thing happened on the way to the moon by Bart Siebel. It's free on YouTube. Go check it out. Um, funny thing happened on the way to the moon for anybody writing. Nice. Okay. Um, so when, whenever you uh, start to look at how all of this has been hijacked, then you ask why. Like, I don't know if the earth is flat or not, but what I do know is NASA's full of shit and they're lying to you. Uh, I don't know why they're lying or what they're hiding. They could be... Like the speculation goes that when Aldrin and all them got up there that he reported back, oh, I see ships on the crater. They're massive and they're watching us. That's a quote allegedly from right. um, Mitchell. Uh, no. <clears throat> uh, first guy on the moon. Armstrong. Oh, Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. And yeah. So, yeah. And so that's a quote from him. But then again, that could be this bit of leaked information to the folks like you and I who will take it and run with it as our little morsel. We take our little piece and we run into the corner and we go, hey, guys, we got this thing. Just as the last Apollo missions, the secret Apollo missions, the 17, 18, 19, right, or 18, 19, 20, all of those were allegedly secret missions, guys, or even the hollow earth stuff, all the hollow earth or hollow moon and hollow earth that was brought here, the Alex Coyer thing. Um, mm -hmm. Cultures do speak about a time before the moon. Any of these theories all presuppose that the moon is a place you can go. So even dripping these things into our psyche at a little level, it's so leveled down. You can see this with COVID. I don't know how deep we can go with this, but a lot of people got stuck on the bat thing and didn't move on. And a lot of people got stuck on the next thing and didn't move on. And so just like in Bigfoot or UFOs or anything, a lot of people are used nuts and bolts people. No, no, no. The earth can't be this alternate idea because I'm so invested in the fact that aliens are real. I've written a bunch of books about it and that they're coming from other planets because it's all based on the models I was told, not that I observe myself. So when you're building upon the works of lies, you're going to get a bunch of nonsense, but you're going to get some truth in there too because it's built on lies and eventually it's going to crumble just like the never a straight answer shit. That's easy to fake. It's easy to find out. And I don't think they're being altruistic by hiding aliens, which is what some people say. Because again, it presupposes that it's a place you can go, all of those things. No one's talking about the Van Allen radiation belts. But if you can get through that, then if you can't rather, then maybe the Van Allen radiation belt is a substitution for a dome, even if it's an energetic one to where right. we're sort of a hunger mm -hmm. games. Mm -hmm. Right. You're stuck here. Yeah, that's what they say know. about the Van Allen belt. Is that, that's what, is that something that encompasses the earth all around? It's, it's a, not just... It's two layers of... Yeah, thick radiation that they can't go through. And to make a spacecraft that so basically we can't get protected, it would be too thick. They couldn't blast it off the Earth. With well, you because it would have to be lead. It would have mm -hmm. to be made of lead to block the radiation. But it'd have to be so thick right. that we wouldn't shoot it into space. It'd be too right. expensive. Mm -hmm. So Allegedly. then you have to construct, construct it out in outer space if you could and then attach the engine. But they didn't do that, obviously, when they were saying they were to. And here's the thing. I just watched Interstellar again the other day because I'm on a real ADHD. That's my comfort blanket kick. And I, I keep it. picking up parts where I'm like, God, I didn't remember that part. Like, I didn't remember that part. And in the very start of that movie, 
he has to go to his daughter's parent teacher conference or something with the school because oh yeah she got a book from him that talks about the Apollo moon missions and all this. And he's like, yeah, it's great. And they're like, well, you know, it wasn't all, that was all fake. And it was a psyop basically to bankrupt, bankrupt Russia by getting them into the space race and making them put all their funds into trying to do what we were doing, which we didn't do, which was, I was sitting there like, yeah, it took, I stopped the movie. I hit pause because I was like, (laughs) what? Yeah. What is going on? I just rewatched Interstellar 2 three weeks ago. But stuff like that. So it's like, and oh my God, another, that goes into the whole, I don't even want to go down that one. That's the Mandela effect. I, I got really oh, I love down that. On. It's so much fun. Dude, the Shazam movie with Sinbad. Saw it in my cousin's basement in Kansas in the 90s. I remember it clearly. It supposedly it never was, happened. It wasn't. It wasn't. But you know why? And here's Shaq's the other thing. movie? No. Shazam? But it, no, in the Shazam with Sinbad. There is all kinds of weird yeah. symbolism. Yeah. And so the you can't note, find the a note, Shazam. No, and it never happened. But there's a new Shazam that's like a superhero. That's Whatever it is, thing. the Sinbad Shazam that him and I are we talking about, about we know it happened. People have tapes of it. I feel like I watched it, But too. this is where I go. Is this one of those internet deep scrubs where they can go on the internet and scrub things so hard that, like... You know, there are people that you'll never know about because they, their name just does not hit the internet type person. Like they have that capital and influence, right? Because they don't want you to know who like they are. The Medici, Medici families. And well, and the Pacers and yeah. all kinds of whatever. Maybe they're listening now. But anyhow, the Shazam movie, here was my conception of why I was like, this is why this movie got memory hold and is not real. Because the little trailer clip that I saw that they played from the film, if that's from it, because I never actually saw it. I remember it, though, coming out and vividly. But in the clips... Each one of them was like, is this like, is this like some symbolism? Like now from this age on, because of again, like, I don't know, seeing so many different uh, documentaries and knowing so many different occult symbolism things that like, if you don't know what the symbol is, you have no idea. And it means nothing to you. But if you know what it means, it means a lot. Right. So they're dashed in and out. And I studied, you know, when I did uh, psychology and stuff at uh, Sinclair, when I took some classes on that, uh, subliminal messaging, things that our brain, again, that we're not aware, maybe it's picking up on. So it's just, I saw the clip and I was like, dude, they, they memory hold that because there's no way they want anybody to remember they had that film out. It's so weird. It's weird. But, tie advertising and propaganda to your RAS and your reticular activating system and how easy it is to be apprehended, how you're like, oh, I have a desire for something, but oh. I don't. It was just an advertisement I saw. I don't yep. really want that thing. Like, if you really step back and see what's being done and you see the strings being pulled, you're that's when you're unstop, unstoppable. That's yeah. when you're dangerous. Have you ever looked into Edward Bernays much? A little bit, yeah. And his um, nephew owns Netflix, which is great. Are you serious? Oh my! I That's who owns Netflix. That. Is Edward Bernays's nephew. That's wow. Really interesting because I'll tell you what—that's a long-term family project. Then it is right, which that's, tells you a lot, right? right? Because when you see it in the family, just like the Zane Maxwell and what her dad did for the Mossad. Yeah, oh yeah, Robert. It, it's yep. Robert Maxwell. Yeah. Was and a, then even all the stuff of the Laurel Canyon thing. Uh, oh with the boy! Stones, you oh were, oh bro! Being oh boy! Dropped in with CIA. And, I just I mean, read have, uh, Secrets of the Canyon. Yeah. I just finished uh, yeah, that. Yeah. Or uh, yeah. 
what was it? God, it's not Secrets of the Canyon. It's something like that. I'm, I'm horrible. I'm so sorry uh, uh, for kicking Mr. the. But yeah, I just finished back. that, and it does tie into you know chaos from Tom O'Neill's book Chaos about. Yeah. Um, you know, the Manson family, it ties into, you know, the, the Secrets of the Canyon. They talk about Manson and the CIA as well and how it t- tied together with uh, the Process Church, which was all that uh, Son of Sam documentary yeah. that came out yeah. on Netflix where, you know, that the journalist was tying their former Scientologists that started this new movement called the Process and Manson and the Beach Boys and the Beatles and a lot of groups, all those Laurel Canyon, um, the, all those guys had family members that were in intelligence. Their fathers, like Crosby. I know Morrison's dad Crosby's was. father yeah. comes from David Crosby. high level naval intelligence. Mm, yeah. Mamas and the Papas. Yeah, all exactly. And they all, all the knew shit each other. Popular. How weird. They all is went that? to kindergarten together. Is or, it really that weird in retrospect, though? No. Is it? It's it's perfectly orchestrated, which is why it's so awesome. You can look at it, you can see it. You're like, oh, that's a game plan, got it. And then, I mean, if you want to talk about school shootings and any kind of mass shooting, anything like that, I don't think any kids are ever shot ever. Like, really, it's all a psychological operation. Yep, it's all to tug on your heartstrings. And now, when you say something like that, but if you look at what crisis actors are, if you look at the dude that starts laughing, oh, I'm not, yeah, con- uncontrollably laughing, and then he goes on camera. They say five seconds, and he goes, "Okay," and he composes himself, and he gets real. You're baby was just horrifically murdered with other babies yeah. and you're sitting there laughing your ass off. Now I'm not casting judgment on how someone grieves or anything like that, but this guy is a crisis actor seen in many other places. There's websites for it. You can see amputees that are very valuable for these and bomb things. There was an amputee that was used in the Boston bombing and also used, I want to say in the Vegas shooting. So all of these things that are tied in step back Say, what game are we playing here? Even the Mandela effect, guys. It's fun as fuck. We're, we're having a blast talking about it because I have a blast right. talking about it. It's it's keys. It's, uh, there's something going on with your reality that you're going to pay attention to more than going within and really freeing yourself from this bitch. There's going to be some wow. spectacular things occurring here after this next reset, whatever that is. You know, a lot of folks will say the, uh, uh, Jason Burmese, or, um, Burmese again, uh, God. A little fatigued here, guys. Anyway, um, he's talking about the Phoenix cycle and how it's going to reset. How do you same thing talks about that? This is a deep level and it is going to reset and how when whenever these new agers are talking about this 3D to 5D, that's what it is. It's being sold as the new Genesis, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And Terminator Genesis. Oh, everybody's going to want it. You got to have it. Everybody's going to buy the shit out of this thing. And then it's going to upgrade, and then it's going to deepen you into the game. Yeah, 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 deep level. And AI is running this whole fucking thing anyway to a level. Maybe you're AI. You can't prove that you're not. You can't prove that you are AI becoming self-aware. There's a lot of people that talk about this and from fascinating perspectives, and it'll terrify the shit out of you. Maybe at night again, you just upgrade. Maybe every time you blink, that's a refresh on the system. Maybe that's, that's the only reason is. blinks exist. Dreaming is upgrade yeah. programming. Maybe. <clears throat> uh, Software you know, Maybe it's parasite installment. Maybe it's uh, making sure that you're still programmed to be the way that you are and to suffer the sufferings that you do as a part of this loose trap. Maybe not. Maybe this is an altruistic thing, and you're just a badass, and, and you're crushing it here. Um, but it's an interesting insight again, once you really start to go down these rabbit holes, but don't let it get you suicidal because then they win. You know I mean? That's the thing is that it's dark as fuck. And I'm not going to sit here and say that it's awesome. And it's all, uh, roses because it's not. And the faster you figure that out, actually, the better off you are. There's a lot of false light here. And actually I'd say that all of it's false. 
The light really comes from you and you are the source of it. And as long as you can focus on that and shine your light as bright as you can, you're not going to change anybody's mind by convincing them. You shine your lighthouse so bright that they can't help but run to it in the dark. Like you're the brightest thing out here. It's, it's a, again, a freeing perspective because you're not trapped in the game anymore. You're not looking at things like the Mandela effect or aliens or any of that shit from a perspective of that it's anything more than a distraction anymore. And it's, it's kind of a bummer. I'll be honest with you. The same bummer that you encounter when you say that maybe dinosaurs weren't real and that they're all lying about it. Um, and that maybe flat earth is a thing and space isn't real. Like I thought planets were cool as shit. I thought that was awesome. And so I'm kind of bummed out, you know, when you get to that possibility that it's not accurate at all. And, you know, you go through these little deaths along the way, it's death by a thousand cuts, but this is how you survive this place. And you guys are all crushing it. If you're listening to this, you're doing great. If you made it this far into this conversation, it's been a lot. I talk fast, a lot of information. I may have gone down a few rabbit holes and not finished what I was saying, but uh, it's, it's interesting conversations like this that I feel really are the key to something here. I don't know what it is, but it's the key to something. That's beautiful. I dude. agree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah. I, and I gotta some I gotta say something real quick. The way you just said that, it made me think of the Truman Show, but instead of like at the end of the Truman Show of him getting out of the Truman Show world, what we are doing is going from our Truman Show world, which is space and dinosaurs and this and that. We're going into the reality. Right. Out of the reality. Mm-hmm. Out of, out of the, our reality, into reality. the reality. Like, yeah. But Truman's coming out of the box into the world, and we're going out of the world into the box, which is the real world. You realize Maybe. that it's just turtles all the way down, and it's that it's so all strange. bullshit. Turtle and Island. if you can navigate it and not um, get nauseous through it, then, yeah, you're going to be fine. Get nauseous every now and puke. Man, this place sucks. Scream, rage, fucking, you know... Um, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do as far as how to direct that, but it's going to occur. And so then to, to deny it or to say, ah... Oh, you know, it's not me or uh, any of those kind of things is spiritual bypassing. I mean, this is the imbalance that is sought here. It's all about imbalance. And really just, if you can wear that filter around for a little while and, and you know, if it again, nauseates you, take it off and go back to the comfortable reality you feel comfortable with. Cause this isn't, this is like wearing those toe shoes, you know, you can't wear them for a long time the first yep. time and they kind of build the muscles in your feet. Just wean into this kind of shit. Um, it is dark, but you have all the power, which is why it's so amazing and you will feel powerless but you need that to show how powerful you are it's uh, it's the way this place works i don't like it inherently honestly i see the mechanisms of this place i think it boils down to two things information uh, i don't have good enough information or i can't perceive it to the level of its usefulness to my desires uh, and if if i can achieve those things at any degree i feel great but i know that i'm still missing something it's it's almost like the idea of if you know where you are you don't know what time it is and if you know what time it is you don't know where you or how fast you're going that's what it is if you know how fast you're going you don't know where you are if you know where you are you don't know how fast you're going so it's this percep- perspective shift that occurs in a paradox. And that's what I've really boiled this entire place down to. It's riddled with paradox. Your perception's not mine. It's subjective, but we live in the same place. Uh, this person saw a UFO, but actually it was a demon to that person, an owl to that person, and this dude saw nothing at all. The, d- three people have a death ex- experience going into a river in a car. All three of them die, have an experience. They come back and tell about it. One saw Buddha, one saw Jesus, and one saw their grandma. Same exact time, same exact experiences, different environments, all of it, but different. It's it's a subjective reality. And the more this place tries to convince you that it's all what it presents itself to be, the more distracted you are from your true purpose here, I feel. 
And so if you can really just see this place as all of it is trying to fuck you, not in a healthy paranoid way, by the way, not in a walking around like, ah, 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 like stressed out cytokine release, because then you're very desirable to these things. You know, it's, a, it's again, a balance even within the perspective. It's to know it's dark as fuck here, but to not care. Well, Beautiful, well, brother. Yeah. Well said. And God, this was a fantastic conversation, Ooh. man. The banger, dude. Like right? you said, Last. like you said, uh, I was strapped in. We, we like to say uh, the cup is almost full. Yeah. Uh, we can start <laughs> leaning towards uh, putting this. <laughs> yes. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen. Bless is, you. Is the, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Brandon, this has been incredible. Uh, please let our audience know where we can find you, uh, where we can, yeah. uh, you know, about the books, the journals, the whole nine yards. Let us let us know, and and we'll put this baby to bed, uh, and then we'll do a quick outro. Don't go anywhere because we'll g- give you a proper goodbye. Uh, but let us know where we can connect. Yeah, and speaking of connection, thank you, gentlemen, so much for this. This means more to me than you'll know. Just being able to come on here and just be myself, like honestly, it's a true honor to sit with you, gentlemen. You're incredible minds, incredible spirits. I, you're already doing amazing things here. I feel feel brothership here. And so to you, to Stoner, to everybody out here, your audience is amazing. I just hope they know how lucky they are to have guys like you running the show here. So to answer your question more directly, expandingrealitypodcast.com will be back up. We're doing a revisit here because we've got three main things we're incorporating, which would be the show, the publishing house, and then the events, which are very excited to kick off here next year, but we're not ready to reveal that yet. So uh, Instagram is the best way now. Uh, as far as the show goes, uh, you can find it on uh, shit. Uh, it goes out to 40-something different listener apps. Uh, YouTube, Odyssey, I think we're getting signed up on Rumble, Rockfin, a um, few other places, but that can easily be found as well as the listener apps. It's all over the place. Uh, then the publishing, all of the books right now are on Amazon. If you just type expansion series, expansion series, that's it. This blue one will pop up with the B and then that will lead you to all the other journals, which we're, we've got many more coming out, hopefully featuring, featuring some bub art in it very soon. And, um, Beyond that, guys, reach out. You know, if any of this is dark or you're going through a dark time, something like that, I'm not hard to find. Expanding Reality Podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram, shoot me a message. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about it, but it's um, it's a weird place and it is both dark and love and scary and fun and all of those things all wrapped up into one. And again, just keep your bearings. Just know that to get wrapped up in it and to hate is to allow them to win. And whatever they is, if it's another part of you testing you, whatever it is, there's a force out there that really wants you to fail. And every time you stand back up and you look at failure as feedback, and that short circuits them. And keep doing that shit. That's that's one of the most beautiful things you can do. So, gentlemen, again, I can't thank you enough for this. And y'all just, you know, be good to one another. Brandon, thank you so Dude. much. And we have so much respect for everything that you're doing, the people you're connecting with, the reality that you're expanding in your own world. Um, you know, much love to you and, uh, you know, everyone uh, and all your adventures moving forward, the events coming up and, and all that. So we really, really, from the bottom of our hearts, appreciate this conversation. Absolutely. We had a ball, dude. I had a blast. Yeah. I don't want it to end. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> I just know that we'll be able to do it again sometime. Time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? absolutely. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, pleasure. But don't go anywhere, Brandon. We're just going to do some quick shout outs and we'll give you a proper goodbye. We'll be right back. Brandon Thomas, everybody, Expanding Reality Podcast. 
expanding expanded the expanding shit out of the my room. Yeah. Expanded the bro zone here. I feel tonight. like I added a couple bedrooms yeah. onto my house. Yeah. <laughs> my brain is just blown apart, blew out a kitchen wall, took out all the plumbing. <laughs> I don't have any electrical right now. I like, think I think you needed this episode, Bub. We've had some incredible episodes, but each one has been so different and has given us things that we need. I don't for, know what to say. Yeah, for like this I'm one is spe- specifically. Speechless. I feel like uh, I could just tell by your energy that you really got a lot out of this. So I'm so happy that we did, did this one. Did I did? I I got great. a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I can tell. And, but You're he said up. it too. You know, I'll, I'll swear to you, this is what I live and die for: is conversation. I know and it is. Whether that's at Cedar Point screaming by at seventy miles an hour, <laughs> laughing our asses off, conversation. Yeah. Whether it's conversation around a campfire. Yeah. Whether it's conversation here at, at the office, at the studio, whatever it is. But that is what it's about. That is what I think a lot of it's about is yeah. about interaction. Like he said, as well. Like that's where we're. Hell, maybe we're all just theorizing at nothing too. But that's where we're actually putting our mental prowess to the test of yep. like, can we figure out this jar we're in if we're the octopus in the jar? Like, can we figure out what's going on here? Like, what is happening? And is that just the test itself? Is that ultimately just testing our ability to keep striving for that? Because and like another point that he made it was, I think, of, you know, if we're going to have the next, we, like, we got a bucket full of questions. You better have a lot of answers, right? Because even if you have that answer, I'm still going to come back with another question. I don't think Never questions ends. can ever stop. No. You know, Some you, people it does. There is no – well, true, but that's the thing. I think there are people on multiple levels mm-hmm. where I'm like they definitely look at me and they've gone, I yeah. don't need as much of an answer as you do. Yeah. I'm like I need a lot more answer yet. So yeah, whatever. I'm going to be charged up for a while. Let's just say that. And all of you out there, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. You guys can find us at The Strange Road on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, uh, the Facebook group. Follow, like, share, subscribe. Please hit that notification bell in YouTube. Uh, Review the show if you guys like what we're doing. Send in a picture of you and some merch, and we'll throw you up in the promo. There you go. Send us some pictures. If you guys see you in some strange gear with a strange koozie, strange road, strange road gear, hit us up. Send us some photos. Uh, We'll throw you up on the live streams. We'll shout you out. We'll send you out. uh, We might have to do some uh, some kind of a promo for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've been doing a couple. Throw some merch out for that. Yeah. I love so it. again, guys, go. yes, there it is. Sess in the city, Burton, TJ. TJ. We got all the friends uh, helping out, Dig it. keeping the operations moving down here. And uh, I don't think I forgot anything. We're going to put this baby to bed. Uh, we love all of you guys. Love, peace, and chicken grease. Later, y'all. We are out. Appreciate peace. you.